listeners, welcome to Sonic the Comic, the podcast, the podcast that takes you to the comic that was about Sonic in the 90s! That was one of your most efficient intros ever. <laughs> We're a podcast and we talk about what it was like to be silly little boys in 1996. <laughs> silly little men Sonic. in 2022. <laughs> We're the silly little men who think we're in charge. I'm Dave Bulmer. And my name is Chris McFeely. And we've got a guest with us this week. Who are you? Who are you and what do you do? I'm Stuart Jepp and I'm from Retronauts, which you may remember of being because Dave was there. Yeah, I've been on that and we have fun on that. Oh, we do have fun. On the Amiga. (laughs) Get that out of the way early on this episode. (laughs) So before we dive into this issue, Stuart, would you like to tell us your history with Sonic and Sonic the Comic yeah. and stuff like that there? Yes, I would like to do that, Chris. Thank you for the opportunity. My history with Sonic is that I like him and I think he's good. Uh, that's that. That's that wrapped up. That's blue all. little boy. Yeah. No, I liked Sonic because I was, well, God, how old was I? Nine when this issue came out. So I was oh. well on the way to being obsessed with Sonic as all children my age were. You know, being in the playground and pretending to be Sonic or be Tails or whatsoever, all those sorts of things. I wasn't actually allowed to have Sonic the Comic, though. Oh. I was banned from Sonic the Comic because it engendered obsession, I guess. I don't know why I was banned from Sonic the Comic. <laughs> because I would have thought it was too good and had too much fun reading it, so I would not allow to have it. <laughs> you understand? This cannot... Is there a context for this? Is there anything else you were banned from having in a similar way that we could triangulate what the problem was? I, I think it was just a, a computer games thing in general, because... Because I liked them too much. I thought they were too good and fun. And it was Mm. families sort of like, "Uh, oh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, not right, exactly yeah. look and read, is it? You know, um, <laughs> I was yeah. Was it they wanted you to read more? Or is it like mm. a watching less television type situation? Yeah, I was allowed to watch Gladiators. Oh, you know, and I liked Gladiators until Gladiators made me violent, and at which point I was no longer um. allowed to watch Gladiators anymore. You see, I wasn't allowed to watch Games Master either because they said swearing like crap on it. Yes. I suppose they did. But no, I had, I think, issue two of Sonic the Comic, which was Robo Fox. Mm. I loved it to death, and I've read it from cover to cover over and over again, and then one day it magically disappeared, and oh. I would never have thrown it out. No. I think it was just hidden from me. Squirreled away. It was, it was hidden yeah. away because my enjoyment of it had reached ridiculous levels. <laughs> I was getting increasingly, obs- like, vibrating with excitement more and more every time I picked it up. But no, I mean, I had a master system, so I had Sonic, because everyone had a master system, had Sonic, because there was pig all else <laughs> to play on it so i loved that i loved adventure sonic the hedgehog i didn't love the other sonic cartoon because it was boring and didn't have jokes in it i feel like if you liked sonic when you were small you always like sonic forever so that's yeah. sort of how that went down because as of now it is my job to like sonic that's not really true it's just like a very small facet of my employment to mm. like sonic but uh on Retronauts, I think I'm more or less the only one who does like Sonic. Most of the other p- people there are all Americans from Nintendo land, so they, uh, oh whenever they see Sonic, they go, Ugh, That's not a Mario. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a Mario. Get away with it. Oh, get, get rid of when it. When I try and play Sonic, they say, spikes come, and I hit them because I can't possibly avoid them being an American. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm don't even just holding right. That's what they say you're supposed to they, do. They but say I you're supposed to hold things. right to win, but when you hold right, I lose. It's win. bad. What's wrong? You're wrong. Sonic's bad. Oh man, the other retronauts aren't gonna like me throwing them under the bus, but then they shouldn't have grown up in America, now, should they? <laughs> um, but no, always loved the old Sonic, the old Blue Boy, the old mm-hmm. Hedge Hoggo, the old. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. But anyway, my uh, to get to the more to the point, my dearest and best friend Matthew, he was allowed to have Sonic the Comics. Why so would just read his Sonic the ah, Comics? The uh, end. There you go. Yeah. And then one day he, he threw them all away. What a lout. And I said, I'll throw those in. I'll put those in the big bin for you, Matthew. Mm. <laughs> and then I took them to my house. So now I have all of the Sonic <laughs> Comics. I think I was just like, why don't you put them in this huge bin bag <laughs> that I've got here? <laughs> that I've got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'll move the bin bag into my mother's car and then I'll drive the car. And then you were leading a double life because you had to mm. hide it from Matthew that mm. you still had them mm. and from your mum and dad that you had them. I, by that point, I was well into my teen years. So if they said anything about it, I would just say, and what, mother and father? I shall mm. read the children's comics that I please. Then I started reading the online version of it, and then I went to like the conventions, and then I started writing for the online version of it. Right, Sonic. Can I do the thing? Sonic! Oh no, we gotta talk about the cover first. Oh, what? <laughs> cover! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here with issue number 81 of Sonic the Comic. It's, you know, we, we took a pause last issue, didn't we, Dave, to go 80? That's unbelievable. Mm. They end with a zero, and you think, that's a lot. And I hear 81, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's only when it ends with a zero that it really gets me, you know? Yeah, I suppose so, but we've been at this for a while now. Issue number 81 cover dated 5th of July but released on June 26th the numbers are all out of sync now the off seal oh date is not the day before the next issue now it's the, so what is it then? it's the preceding Friday still oh it's a weird one it's all over the place so they are advocating a full like half week without an STC without on the show that's what on they're the asking show. for Outrageous, I wonder if they'll amend it. Kneecapping themselves there aren't they really? the cover here is lovely oh, it's yeah. a Nigel Kitchen cover and that's how you know it's good. What do you need? I mm. never get tired of them. No. What it's of is the Chaotix crew jumping out of the Omni Viewer with Sonic there looking at them do that. It's a lying cover because they don't interact, do they? In, no, in, in they the don't. Issue. Oh, no, Sonic they don't. doesn't actually meet the Chaotix. Sonic's over here doing his thing and the Chaotix got their own strip. Mm. And it feels weird that it's not about what I consider to be the coolest seven pages of any comic ever. Mm. But I guess they sort of half-arsedly covered the Supersonic stuff last issue. They gave us a Supersonic cover last issue. For this, we must be thankful that, that, that it had at least mm. some relevance to the content of the comic. Like, you could be thankful about what you want. I think that's so that the contents of the issue will blindside you even more with their mm. brutality. If you go, oh, hello, it's going to be about the Chaotix jumping out of the on-fire Omniviewer and giving Sonic a cuddle, but it's not about that at all. It's about, well, let's not spoil it's it. It's not about getting cuddled. It's about the literal opposite of that. Mm. <laughs> and it says, Chaotix charge more of the Fab Four. Whenever there's four people, boomers have to call them the Fab Four. Mm. It says, win Sonic 2 jacket patches. It says, reviews the Horde and Brian Lara 96 cricket. Oh, can't mm, wait for that review. Whoopee. Movie Games Q Zone featuring Toy Story and a new Tales story. So do you remember we've had some adverts for Muller Corner things for children recently? This is one of them. Yeah, mm. back page ads have been, what, the last three or four issues, haven't they? And mm. now there's a new one. Operation Jelly Storm. Timely yeah. reference. That's so inappropriate. <laughs> this is, I think, my favourite advert in Sonic the Comic. It is a good ad. There's a mm. tremendous Tom Patterson-y sort of energy yes, about this advert. That's exactly what there is. What we're looking at is 
a desert landscape with a big jelly, a big red jelly in the middle of it, wibbling and wobbling, and it says, keep off the jelly. And it's that kind of thing where it looks like a photo manipulation, but it might be done on a computer. Uh, this is an ad now for Muller Jelly Invaders, yes. which is a curious inversion of the traditional Muller Corner style. Is this where, why? In, well, instead mm. of a big thing of yogurt with a corner pot of crunchy bits or cereal or something that you tip up over into it, is the main is, pot jelly? The main pot is jelly. Oh, and the I yogurt, assumed it was you, a little you tip pot up of jelly. The yogurt on top of the jelly. That makes me really uncomfortable. That is bananas. No, Dave, it is strawberry. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> 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 what was that? <laughs> What was it? Thrust took a tumble. Just like the real Gulf War. <laughs> yeah, um, and you can see a pot of this. Well, I, I am very surprised. I would have been sure that it was mo like... How do you know it's the big pot is jelly? Well, if you look at the label, it says it's Jelly Invaders Strawberry Jelly with vanilla flavour yoghurt. So the jelly suppose, is the primary component. Assuming that's what mm, with me. Yeah. Not sure that's a smoking gun there, to be honest. No, okay, but then, but, but then, the way that it specifically describes the function of the yoghurt. Yeah, jelly yeah. invaders are made of a special, highly trained yoghurt. Away from jelly, jelly invaders are completely useless. That is the correct opinion of yoghurt. <laughs> but if you drop them in the delicious jelly and mix them up, the invasion mm -hmm. of the jelly invaders begins. Yeah. So it's telling you to put the jelly mm, No, you're right. I, I can see it. And you can't. If it was the main pot, you couldn't drop that in the little pot of jelly. Yeah, I, can see I think it. we have a smoking gun. With your help, the delicious Muller yogurt in one corner can invade the wobbly oh. strawberry or orange jelly in t'other. He's got us bang to rights, too. Yeah, 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 you're right. I think the corner pot is larger than it might usually be for a little oh. pocket of cereal bits. Oh, oh I don't I'm know if they would make it a new... Because it just be such a small portion of yogurt. No, how would this even work? Is it supposed to smash up the jelly? With a fork or something. Well, you just spoon it out. Yeah, it? I think you probably give it a stir. Yeah. Uh, no, this is messing with the equilibrium of the whole process, and See, I'm just not. In what I would do is I would yeah. put the yogurt on the jelly, and I would not stir it, and I would. Just and then you would like just that. eat the jelly. Yeah, just eat it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be into the idea of whipping it up. Yeah, chances are I wouldn't even mix them. Yeah. I would. Monstrous. There's a strong chance I would just eat the yogurt to get it out of the way oh, and yes. then eat the jelly as a jelly. So like the yogurt and then the jelly is like the dessert or the afters of the main afters. Yeah, strong chance that's what I would do. Mm, okay. Even stronger chance that I would not eat these. Can we try and <laughs> yeah. figure out the satirical element as it pertains to Operation Desert Storm? Okay. So the idea here... Well, I don't know about figuring it out because I have no idea why that's what they've gone for, but... Mm. What it is... Uh, I tried to describe this a minute ago, but I'll give it another go now. Well, we had to describe the yogurt first. Okay, mm. sure. You've got a desert background covering mm. this page, in the middle of which is a big red wobbly jelly with a sign on it saying, keep off the jelly. It's either a photo manipulation or a CG wobbly jelly. And... <laughs> As opposed to... <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> and onto this... <laughs> oh, what? What's wrong with that? Sorry, when you said a desert background, I was just amused by the idea there might actually be a huge reserve of jelly out there in the desert somewhere. <laughs> and, and you were like, I'm not sure if this is real. Well, it might be painted like... Why do you think we were in Iraq? <laughs> you know, I've been asking that question ever since. So what has happened is a cartoonist has drawn one blob of yoghurt with a face on it. That's what has happened. He's been commissioned to do that. That has then been cut and pasted all over the page in the form of an invading army trying to attack this jelly in various different ways. There are ones going up yogurty ladders onto mm. it. 
There are ones which... Are those bombs strapped to them? No, those are anti-wobble <laughs> devices. So they are, thank you. Um, there's a sort of a general one who's got his binoculars. There's ones just walking away with spoons that they've just got jelly on and they're going away. There are parachuting ones. And all over the page... Understand that these are the titular jelly, jelly invaders. invaders. <laughs> Not invaders composed of jelly, but yeah. they are invading... Yogurt people who are invading, invading the jelly. The yeah. jelly. Do you see? And it's covered in little captions that are just good well some of them are good they're good there's running jelly i keep wanting to say jelly there's running yogurt guys and it says jelly invaders can move very fast to ambush the jelly their top speed is 47 miles an hour almost as fast as a car going at 48 miles an hour that's a good one that's, that's a brilliant a one, one. I, I love this next one jelly invaders use spoons to dispose of the jelly ignite they yeah. have to eat it before it goes off there's a date on the packet that tells them when that is Yes! That's brilliant. Bang! That's excellent. And those are the first two you read, so it doesn't matter what the rest are. You've got your They've first They've already impression. delivered, yeah. Yeah, because none of none of the rest of them are as good as those first mm. two. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, read us the next one, Stu. We'll go... We'll, I can't. He doesn't have it. I don't Oh, have you can't! It. You haven't got it! All right, sorry. Can I make it up? Can I try and make one up? Yes. <laughs> um, go on. Gulf War Guffaw. <laughs> that's a headline. That's not a one. I tried. <laughs> I find the jelly invasion quite traumatizing, to be honest. But no, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry to make light of it, but I'm gonna. <laughs> Flying jelly invaders are para yogurts that land on top of the jelly to splat it. Oh, that's rubbish. Para yogurts. Yeah, para yogurts yeah. not a thing. Well, it's not even a thing. No, yeah, it's not even a pun. Yeah. No, I do like splat it though. They're going to land on top of the jelly to splat it. Sometimes they miss and splat themselves instead. Next to the sign that says "keep off the jelly," it says, "Not even this will stop the invasion of the jelly invaders." They can't read. That would have been a funny place to leave it, but then it follows up by saying, "Their school was made of jelly, so they ate it." You see, that's the bit I found funny. Like it's a hat on a hat. I found the hat on the hat funny, and I wasn't bothered by the hat. Jelly invaders are equipped with special anti-wobble devices to help mm -hmm. them go deep under jelly. Who dares wobbles? I like deep under jelly. To try and make the jelly invaders fall off, the jelly wobbles at 179 WPM, wobbles per minute. But it never works. The jelly doesn't know about their anti-wobble devices. These are the ladder ones. Jelly invaders are able to build ladders out of yogurt. It helps them get onto the jelly, but isn't as easy as it looks. It's a bit squidgy. <laughs> Come on, this is my level. I like this. <laughs> it's a bit squidgy. None of it was as good as the first two. Next to the one with the binoculars and the hat, it says, This jelly invader is in charge. As the most important one, you should always call it sir. It's the polite thing to do. It's not even a joke, it's just accurate. Yeah, that's what just, you should it's do. Not, it's not even a joke, mm. yeah. The next one is uh, written under no yogurt, guys. There's no, there's, there's an, an area where there's space with a little no yogurt, guys. sort of starburst of nothingness. And it says, these jelly invaders are wearing camouflage to sneak up on the jelly. Their camouflage is so good that you don't know where they are, and neither do they. This is the happiest I've ever seen Dave in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm loving this. It's a good concept. I just think it's a little overdone, and they didn't quite mm. have the comedic reserves to fill out the entire page. So that's the advert. Can we, for God's sake... Start doing the comic. this episode of Sonic the Comic and that, Podcast. And that's your favourite advert ever in STC, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, I it's... don't know, the Gladiator's Frosty ad? Well, it's nowhere near my favourite if we're measuring by what we got out of it on STC TV. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I judge the success and quality of the adverts, is how much they give us to work with. But it is my favourite because it uses to splat as a verb, so <laughs> I'm into it. I like thinking about the yogurt invaders making a ladder out of themselves. That's quite fun. Mm. Who sacrificed themselves to create that ladder? I assume they just shifts back into being a jelly invader after they're done. 
Mm. You know, just just shift. No, nope, it doesn't. They're nope. dead. <laughs> Control <laughs> zone. Control zone. Welcome, boomers, to this mega mental issue. Mega you mental. Away, you, you wouldn't get away Whoa. with saying that. You can't no, say you? that now. No. no, no. You also can't say guaranteed, but they've said it here. <laughs> guaranteed to blow your thrill mm. circuits. Well spotted. Mm. They got a guarantor in to guarantee it. <laughs> this is a classic feeling Megadroid intro here. I didn't spot too many commas. It felt like it was competently written. Mm, don't it worry, don't like worry. I've got a bit for that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I want to rate the brilliance of the fundamental forego to pot and the concluding part of the chaotic story. Oh Because the brilliance of that God. does not reveal itself until you return until to it later. The, uh, yes, wow. we cannot give anything away here, listeners, but that, that is a, a uh, tremendous yeah, line. Spot. Yes. Spectacular. The general tone of this, the way it's written, the review zone rises to a sporty challenge of Brian Lara Cricket. For those who like to pit their wits, check out The Horde. STC goes to Hollywood as the Q-Zone queues up for a movies game special. Last but by no means least, there's a chance for 80 of you to win exclusive, not available in the shop, Sonic 2 jacket patches in STC's... Mm. This is reading to me like a normal Megadroid intro, that, like we you know used what? to have in the first year of the comic. I've just copped on to why. Why? Because it's not trying to twist itself around one continuous uh, set of puns, like so many of the last bunch of issues have been. Just trying to, to make everything be about eggs or, or whatever you know <laughs> unlike us <laughs> there's a reason that those jacket patches aren't available in the shops you know yeah it's because they're remaindered stock from 1992 <laughs> but he encourages us to practice some sewing skills in case we get lucky in the compo which is more than i can say for me that feels like it's a little overwrought mm. i've just been asked by those lazy humes to do the coffee run <gasps> again <laughs> sonic special alert just below Megadroid's intro, we've got another little, I'll call it an article. News of Knuckles starring in his first ever special, comma, really ruffled Sonic spikes. Never one to be outdone, Sonic gets his own back in the 1996 Sonic Holiday Special on sale Saturday the 6th of July. Sizzling hot with three new stories, pin up apostrophe S, oh, a Sega whoops. Saturn compo, and, now keep this under your hats, boomers, step-by-step -step secrets of how to draw Sonic, plus heaps more besides. And if those few instances of misplaced punctuation sent you over the edge, you are not gonna survive the actual episode where we look at this special because <laughs> my god the, the only standout thing i see in the charts is the new number one on the saturn charts x-men children of the atom that's the uh, the capcom x-men beat-em-up that was essentially the forerunner of the whole marvel versus capcom series mm, well i never mm. i don't know if i ever actually played children of the atom itself on its own played all the other marvel versus capcom games but uh don't know if, well, didn't I Saturn, did I? Might have played it in an arcade somewhere. What do you mean on its own? Uh, uh, I don't know why I said on its own. You you don't say that, Dave. When you play a game, you don't say, like, oh, I'm just going to go and play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on its oh, own. Okay. <laughs> you know, without, without Knuckles uh. stuffed in underneath it. Oh, that, yeah. didn't, that example didn't even work. <laughs> I know, right? no, I've, <laughs> I've beclowned myself. Can we talk about the Mega Drive charts momentarily, though? Absolutely. Yeah, go if ahead. you've got something. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to note the presence of Australian Rugby League uh -huh. in these charts, which leads me to believe these charts are fake, because nobody, surely, no, I know. would have bought that game. Especially not more people than who bought Mickey Mania, for example, the spectacular Mickey Mania. It's weird, isn't mm. it? But then I never, I've, I, we have yet to penetrate 
the psyche of the sort of kids who bought the sports games on the Mega Drive. It, it doesn't make sense to us why they would do that. I, I don't know. I mean, Micro Machines 96 and Micro Machines 2, they're ostensibly the same game. I don't understand what's happening here. There are going to be some very disappointed children. Micro Machines 2 was very cheap at this point. <laughs> I wager is the answer. I assume that's why Sonic 2 is there as well, because it's on budget or something. Yeah. Because everybody already owned that. Must be. But, I mean, it's Sonic, too. I mean, people are still buying that now. Well, not now. They've just been delisted. <laughs> mm. It will be soon. Oh, uh, man. I want to go back to the days when Australian Rugby League was number four in the Mega Drive charts. No, you don't. Heady days. That's it. I suppose that is the trade-off, isn't it? In our desire to go back to those days, we do have to take the bad with the good. So to go mm. back to the days when Sonic was king and all was well and we didn't know nothing and ice creams cost less than a pound, you did have to tolerate the fact that Australian Rugby League could be number four in the charts <laughs> at the time. Speaking of when Sonic was good, though... <laughs> <laughs> Running Wild Part 2 Written by Nigel Kitching Art by Richard Elson Letters by Ellie DeVille Supersonic attacks the Freedom Fighters Destroying their caravan The team knows they can't possibly fight him And instead tries to run But when Supersonic spots their biplane taking off He blows it out of the sky His energy expended Sonic finally turns back to normal And is greeted with the sight of flaming wreckage And no sign of life Anywhere <laughs> Iconic scenes. All seven pages of this are just incredible. Woof. There mm. is no pissing about with this one. This <laughs> issue is a big scary fight. Yeah. Whenever you're dealing with a comic where you sometimes only have five pages to tell a story in an STC, mm. five to seven pages, sometimes sheer artistry of storytelling has to take a backseat to functionality of getting mm. it all down into seven pages I, this one resonated with me in in a way like artistically like i'm not sure any previous issue has i mean this is the issue with the famous image of an entire page a nine panel grid the story ends of supersonic cackling in glee mm. the camera pushes in 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 on him closer on his mouth then pulls out 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 as he turns back into regular sonic again realizing the terrible things that he's done and going oh no this page is like a a metaphor for me enjoying the work of dave chappelle until last year <laughs> oh <laughs> oh dear and then it ends on a full page splash of sonic standing alone in the wreckage as everything burns around him mm. i mean it's it's stunning stuff yeah has richard elton ever gone harder than that page ever before or since i don't think so nobody no. has no that's fair has any artist <laughs> ever in all of history ever gone harder it's the best page of comic <laughs> <laughs> it's the best page of comic it's the best page of comic but to jump back to the start of the strip now, now that we okay. got to the very I mean, but i mean that's the moment like that's the, the rest of yeah. it's just I would call it a fight scene, except nobody's doing any fighting. No, it's a running away scene. They're literally just ducking under Supersonic as he keeps flying at them. It's... It's the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, I'm David I'm Bomber, your language. I'm basically amazed that this strip was made. Sonic the Hedgehog is trying to kill his friends. And he's going around saying that. There's a bit where he explicitly says to Amy Rose, I will bring you fear and death. <laughs> 
All you have to look forward now is fear and death. <laughs> As he shoots eye beams for the first time. Yep, yep. He blasts eye beams, exploding the rocks that they're hiding behind. He says he's going. He says he wants to bring fear and death to Amy Rose, and he does. Yep. That it, they're all dead. This is amazing. This is like, you know, using the references of the time, this is like Jurassic Park or something. This is everybody running away from a thing that's going to kill them. And there's just no question. Like, they can't defeat it. You can't even really hide from it. It's going to kill you. Oh, no. I don't know what I don't know what to say. You know, like we were talking last issue about because it's not like 100% spelled out in dialogue or art if the intention is that, like, direct exposure to all Severn Emeralds has turned Supersonic into, like, a worse version of Supersonic than he's ever been mm. before. But 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 the way they go on about him here in this one, it does feel like that. Like, he, Amy says, he's really gone this time. And he's doing new powers. He's shooting I-beams. Yeah. So it does feel like that's on purpose. Like, he dives at them, they dive, and he misses them, and he veers around, and he collides with a mountain, and the entire mountain collapses on top of him, and then he just punches his way out, because he's fine, because he's super sonic. I don't want to undermine the drama of this, but I do think that the panel of just his little feet sticking out of the mountain is quite funny, <laughs> despite everything. He does have little feet. Um, mind you, Richard Elson has done a really good job of taking the sonic design and making it horrible in all aspects. Like, his mm. fists are all... Gangly, knobbly, yeah, knobbly and knuckly. A lot of the time, even his shoes are sort of pointy and sharp looking. But yes, not not in that one panel where he has got little feetsies. But it's the ambiguity. You don't know whether or not he's become normal Sonic and been killed. Mm, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. I was racking my brains trying to think how Amy was going to survive the cliffhanger from last issue where Supersonic was blasting yeah. down towards her. <laughs> she just, just jumps out of the way. I want to rate that use of between panels space. There. Yeah, That's I love that. Oh, oh, wow, yes! Okay, so this is the... It's gone so fast that it's too fast even for time, time to pass. To... It's that good. Yeah, panel one is a repeat of the cliffhanger panel from last issue where Supersonic is just blasting towards Amy and then... And then panel three is him smashing into the caravan and really blowing yeah, it up. Like, that's it for the caravan. Like it's that's really done for. Now. Gone I don't to think town. the caravan. We're not messing around now. The caravan's gone. And in between, there's just a big gutter between those two panels, in which Supersonic is just this line, just a streak going from end to end of the comic with fire coming off it that Amy's having to jump out of the way of. Yes, okay, the caravan. Um, I'm kind of pleased because i don't like it as a concept i don't i get that it was a it was a cool idea for them to go on the run in this disguise but i don't think it needed to last more than a few issues and it's gone on for ages so i'm quite glad well, they to need to be able to get around yeah never, I guess. Like, it's only ever been used as a conceit once no well they used their caravan cover to get into metropolis zone that one mm. time to do the prison break but then we had one other story where they were being a circus yeah. I suppose the, the between the lines is that all of Sonic's stuff is on that caravan, all of his Mega Drive mm -hmm. and his Maltesers and Pop. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all his gumballs, <laughs> all of the tail wax for tails. Because <laughs> otherwise, they just poof up and they're unsightly. So yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm annoyed about the caravan. It's just it's like every time it comes up again, I'm like, oh yeah, because they used to have such a cool base. Mm -hmm. With a computer with a holographic head in the middle of it, and now we're like, woohoo, we're a travelling circus. I don't know. Is it because a caravan is slow and Sonic is fast and the, the job yeah. doesn't, you don't yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. It shouldn't be a caravan, it should be like a Formula One racing car of some sort. Yeah. 
Well, by all accounts, <laughs> you know, if, if, if that's truly it for the caravan, <laughs> that's a pretty big like, yeah. event. That's on par with yeah. them being forced out of their secret base. Yeah. They've spent more issues being in the caravan than they did in the base. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't no, actually yeah, know. I mean, it's a, it, it, yeah. it, and, and it helps to signify the long-lasting significance of this story. This isn't just, as we'll see later on in the comic, the next part, part three of this is the final part. It's a three-part story. Mm. It's not just some three-part story where Supersonic goes a bit bonkers and then everything's all right by the end of it. It It, it is it's a key stepping stone into what comes next in the comic. And if getting rid of the caravan is, you know, that's, I mean, I don't reckon the plane is gone forever. No, but it's just a plane. They can fix that, but they, but they did blow up all their stuff in the caravan, you know, all their, all their worldly goods. I love this bit when they're trying to figure out what to do. Like, how do you defeat something like that? And Johnny says, Tails, you can fly. Maybe go and get help from Knuckles. Like, that's where they are. They're mm. like, Tails, please try to fly to the floating island and see if Knuckles can do anything. Like, I mean, that's... Some mm. chance. He's going to start putter-putter-putter-puttering when he's I not know, five feet ahead. nowhere near it at all. <laughs> but it is the mention of flying that gives Amy the idea to go t- for the biplane. And, uh, well, no spoilers. They're all dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've all died in a plane crash. That's exactly the what's happened. The end of the podcast wink, wink. forever. It's so dramatic. They have this idea. They see the plane all strapped down and covered up. And then you cut back to Supersonic. It was searching for them. He sees the plane flying up. He blasts it with his eye beams. It bursts into a big flame that implies, you know, all the jet fuel's gone up. And you see it careen down and smash into the ground. And that is when you get the nine-panel grid... Chris described a minute ago of like zooming in on a manically laughing Sonic and zooming gra- in, right into his Indeed, sharp tooth filled maw. And then as we zoom out again, we see that the gold is like giving way to blue and his expression is gradually dropping. And then he's left going like, no, oh, oh no, as he sees that everything around him, the caravan, the plane, just the landscape is destroyed and on oh. fire. And he's left standing alone in a full page spread of that little in the middle of the page going what have i done this really got me it's amazing because i was just thinking to myself it's like well yeah sonic this has happened this occurrence has happened to sonic before like every time he goes super he turns back to normal and he's like what what happened what what did what did i do when i was super i never remember what happened but there's always somebody there to tell him what's happened or somebody there Mm. to calm him down or whatever Mm. and this is the time this is sonic this is this is this has to have been sonic's nightmare this is Mm, the time that it happened where he woke up and there was nobody there to tell him what happened. He he did the worst thing possible mm. whenever he was out. I mean, and and oh, I've read this story before many times, but for some reason, yeah. it's sitting here and truly thinking about it for a podcast in which I have to talk and analyze it. I was mm. like, it just, it just really hit me that this is Sonic mm. living his worst nightmare. This is the most exciting comic I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> David Boomer! It's so good! Our grannies are watching from heaven! <laughs> it's a comic so exciting it made Dave say <laughs> Put that on the cover. <laughs> I just there's so much about this that I love. 
I particularly love on the second page two things. One is Tails' little face on panel one. Yeah. Tails has some very good little faces in this one. Yeah, he as does. Com- he and as compared face. to the last page of the previous issue, where he had that big sort of... Yeah, well, it's how his brow goes when he's been frit. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love is the childish sort of fear of just, where's he gone? I can't see him anywhere. Where's he gone? No, Tails is panicking. And Amy's taking charge. You know, this is... We mm. really see SDC Amy coming into her own in this last little mm. while now, you know, since Stringer started nudging her character and now in these last couple of issues where Kitching has really started to crystallize how her relationship with Sonic works and how he's used those last couple of issues to build up to this moment. It's like, oh, goodness me, it's all so good. And look how good... Like, how good does Supersonic look? This... Oh, it's this hog of golden fire. You know, I was just playing. Uh, I was just playing Sonic Mania this morning because I just had I had a yen for it. I haven't played it in yeah. a while, and it turned into Super Sonic. And I was I was looking at how I'd forgotten about how the Sonic Mania sprite just really makes his body ripple like like fire. Oh, does it? And I was yeah, it does. And I was like. Yeah. I've never got the Chaos Emeralds. I don't think I've ever been Super Sonic in Sonic Mania. That's a lie. They are quite hard to get. You streamed it. You've been super sad. Did I get them? I'm sure you must have. It's too hard. I can't do the Chaos Emerald levels. Ah, oh, you got them. Did I? You definitely did. Okay. I'm sure I remember it. Okay. Are you gaslighting Dave about the Chaos Emeralds? <laughs> In a positive way. <laughs> the positive good lighting. Oh, no, I did. I did. Because I remember now, last night, because I also got a yen for it and had a little go on Sonic Mania as well. Oh, um, that's, that's where this issue took us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, well, I want to play some fucking Sonic! Yes, I saw I've got a save file with all the emeralds. I also played Sonic Mania last night, and when I became Super Sonic, I went, ah! <laughs> I would like to know, and this is a really nerdy thing to want to know, I would like to know how much of mm. that laugh page is script and how much of it is artist. You know what I mean? Like, did he write yeah. down, do a nine-panel grid where it, there is a big zoom? Ooh, let's see if I've got it! Editor Dave here. We didn't have the script for that one, but now we do. And I've had a look, and actually, the script is pretty explicit here. It looks like it's mostly following Nigel's original idea. It describes a nine-panel grid. It describes the laughter spread across over the top without being affected by the panel borders. And, of course, it describes the yellow fading away from Sonic as he comes round. But it does it with the last few panels described in quite explicit detail. And after the laughter has shrunk away to nothing, it even mentions stopping the laughter on an asterisk, uh, as if to show that it stops very abruptly which Ellie DeVille has done more like a, a subtle burst, like a bubble burst effect. And if you want to get really nerdy about it, the original page of art, the acetate that has the lettering on, only has little dots, little five little dots in a star shape, uh, which have been turned into little burst lines at some later stage, perhaps even by editorial, I don't know. Or that might just be part of the lettering process. I don't know. Nigel even says he's faxing Richard a rough of what he has in mind. Now, we don't have that rough, but assuming it was the same as the description, it looks like what Elson added to this was the camera action, with it revolving round Sonic and zooming closer in on his laughing mouth and then further away again, uh, which isn't mentioned in the original script. In fact, Nigel even says that the first few panels could potentially be a repeat of the same image. So there you go, a real collaboration between artists there. It's extremely cinematic. Mm. Oh, yes. The sheer artistry of these last two pages feels like it's above and beyond anything that the economy of space of Sonic the Comic has required the strip to be able to do before. Next issue, Sonic No More. We had that one already. It wasn't good. I hope it's not just a reprint. (laughs) Yeah, they're teasing us. Are we going to put a comic in next issue? (laughs) (laughs) 
gore blimey this is good oh just solidly thrilling clearly the sort of story that just makes us want to play some sonic two reviews this issue both by chris jones one is the horde on the saturn and brian lara cricket 96 oh, <laughs> oh brian lara 96 cricket as it's printed here i wonder which one it is encyclopedia gives it as brian lara cricket 96 but the cover does say brian lara 96 cricket the cover of this issue that is not the cover of the game yeah and it says it in the title of the review and in the body of the review mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think brian lara 96 cricket is correct and the encyclopedia is wrong and Chris Scullion should recall it (laughs) (laughs) but before we get to the thrills of the cricket how about the horde (laughs) Mm. I've never played this because it's on the Saturn but I did look it up and I feel like this review doesn't do a decent job of selling it it looks a bit Amiga-y. It does look a bit Amiga-y. The review likens it to Sim City. says, Instead of building a city, your task is to take care of a village under attack by gremlin-type characters known as the Horde. So far, so Sim City. It, it <laughs> looks like the sort of game I would have been into, doesn't it? You're building a little mm-hmm. yeah. town and, well, sort of, based on a combination of this and the video I skimmed about it, it looks as if... You don't build the buildings, maybe? You put things down to attract people and they build the mm. buildings. So you're, it says here that you're putting cows down and trees and the people like that. So they move in, build little houses. Whether you build the houses for them or not, it doesn't say. And I haven't been able to ascertain because I couldn't really tell what I was looking at when I watched the video. Except that you have a very hands-on approach to, yes, every now and then the game will cycle round to the time when it's time for the Horde to show up. And you just run around swapping them with your big sword. And they seem quite easy. You can take them out in one swing, but there's a lot of them. So you, you, after a while, you have to start recruiting other people to help you to take them out. I thought that you would like this, Dave, because it has both settlers and goblins in it. Your favourite things in the world. Yeah, it seems like the sort of thing I would be into, yeah. But it's also got FMV sequences with actors and stuff that aren't mentioned. The review doesn't mention anything about them, but yeah. Kurt was names in it. Yes, noted evangelical dickhead Kurt Cameron. Yes. And that feels like it would be worth mentioning that being on the Saturn, it's got real people actors doing it. Oh, um, and again, it appears to be, if it isn't a port of a 3DO game, then the 3DO version appears to be like the one people think of as the main one that comes up I think when you it, Google it. I believe it, so. it might be a port. Yeah, yeah I think it, it probably be. has a port, yes. Yeah. Like Gex last issue. Exactly. Mm. Well, it's, it's no it's, Gex. It's starting it? to look as if... What is? <laughs> it's starting to look as if that's what the Saturn was. It was just like a place to dump 3DO games because nobody bought a 3DO. But oh dear, nobody bought a Saturn, so that didn't work. <laughs> Here in Europe, that seems to be what the Saturn was for. <laughs> Sorry, just let out a big yawn there because I know cricket's coming up on the next one. <laughs> a preemptive yawn. Well, what's more boring, defending a village from goblins or the cricket? It might be. The this cricket, review of the cricket might be more boring than well, the cricket itself. Are you sure? Because it does say here in the review that this was the third best selling Mega Drive game of last year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me just get the old encyclopedia on this one, because there's a fun sentence in this one. With low seals expected, Codemasters only made 20,000 copies of the first Brian Lara cricket, 
They sold out in three days, oh. realizing it was on to a winner in the UK at least. Oh. Work began on the sequel. Brian Lara Cricket 96 doesn't play hugely differently from its predecessor, but it adds a couple of national teams, World Cup squads. And then it just starts <laughs> talking about cricket in there. And I'm, Someone nudged Chris. I just thought it was funny that they thought the cricket game would be bad and smell, and then it wound up being very successful and they had to oh, make well, more of it. Well, well done to them then, I suppose. Um... I guess. They don't make cricket video games anymore, though, do they? The smell of freshly cut grass, the sound of leather on willow, cucumber sandwich. It's one of those. It's one of these runs written by someone who knows about sports. Or pretends to. No, I don't get the sense Chris Jones does. Do you not? That sounds a bit more like a sort of British church fate type atmosphere that he's describing Well, that there. is what cricket is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't necessarily require you to know anything about cricket to write it, does it? Mm, you gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Because, I mean, some of the things he says here in the course of this review... I have lots of problems with this review. New features include an option to replay one of six historic cricket matches. Oh, wow. Oh, dear me. Excellent. Great fun for cricket lovers, he says. Right, but the thing about what makes a sports game legendary is what happened in it. If you replay that, that's just a normal sports game, unless you do the things that were legendary. I mean, I agree with you, but... Thank you. We don't know, do we? We, we don't. can't get in the mind space no. of people who do those things. Impossible. I mean, is it any different to war reenactors who just... I have similar comments to make about war reenactors, although I assume that war reenactors are... Because they're actors, you know, I, I assume they do recreate the things you that say they're actors but there are people who go out there and do it for fun like well, you, you, you know there... but you know what i mean they're not actually killing each other they're reenacting so like they can reenact mm. the things that were notable that happened as well but then i say to what end at least when you're replaying <laughs> well, the yeah, cricket game you play in it and something might happen oh, to vicariously experience the thrill of extinguishing another human life <laughs> ah, well no that's a fair point yeah can i whinge about this review very briefly yes, i'm please. sorry i have to re- well it annoys me that the, the Horde review got so much lower scores, but it got the same overall score. That's annoying to me. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Also annoying is the fact that in the Graves it says more fun is a two-player game, but then it says it is a two-player game, it has a four-player game. So what's going on, Chris Jones? What are you on about? What is that? What are you actually complaining about, Chris Jones? Well, he's just Explain saying that the yourself single now. player isn't, isn't the Get in touch. two-player, you know, and that most people will be playing it single-player. Yeah, because... Because anyone who buys a video game has no friends! Let's yeah, face it. Saddles! <laughs> You're not going to convince your little brother to play Brian Lara Cricket 96 with you, are you? What if no. your brother is Brian Lara? Very much a bus, very much a busman's holiday <laughs> for Brian Lara to play Brian Lara Cricket. Brian Lara is back with a wristy square cut to the boundary. Piss off! Sports. Piss off! Sport, a wristy square cut to the boundary. Such as dunking. I've jumping, no idea. Backspin. <laughs> it's just back to a that. A wristy stuff square again, cut it? to the boundary sounds like a humorous way to describe wanking. <laughs> Once we finish this podcast, <laughs> I'm off to have a wristy square cut to take myself to the boundary. <laughs> and then stop for 15 minutes or so and then do it again. <laughs> Can I just praise the joke where they say change weather conditions and then in brackets, typical. That's quite funny. Come on. Mm. Typical. <laughs> Sports and weather. We've come all this way to watch the Brian Lara 96. To play on the Mega Drive. 
Has there ever been a sports video game with, like, alterable weather conditions where the rain comes on and the game just ends? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's, oh, oh, off oh, well. oh, no, that's a shame. We'll have to play something good instead. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sonic on. Imagine if that happened in the cricket. It starts to rain, so they all sadly go and save Mobius. <laughs> <laughs> How about there's Supersonic flying towards Brian Lara and he's got the bat and he's ready for it. <laughs> it's just like... It's <laughs> Get down, Amy. <laughs> Imagine the rage if that was the conclusion to last issue's cliffhanger. <laughs> Brian, Brian Lara, Lara whacks Supersonic out of the sky <laughs> with his cricket bat. And he turns around and says, are you okay, Amy Rose? And she says, I am okay, thank you, Brian Lara 96. Let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> but this game sounds great, though, everyone, because it's got a selection of new features making it the reigning definitive cricket sim, right? It's got a limited overs competition with all 18 county cricket teams. No, 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 no. Listen, it's got a complete set of players' statistics that include last summer's averages. So Spreadsheets! Hold on. Surely, I mean, yeah, that's all well and good, but surely it doesn't have a World Cup competition packed with all the teams who took part in it earlier this year. Oh, probably not. Oh, no, it does! No, it says it does! <laughs> oh, my God! It does! Hello! <laughs> Easy to see why this was number four in the charts. Sarcasm aside, this sounds like a quite good cricket game. The review finishes in cricket terms. Brian Lara ninety six is a great sequel. <laughs> That's, right. That's not really a cricket. <laughs> Sorry, okay. it's too much jargon for me. <laughs> I think he means in terms of cricket rather than to use some cricket right. terms to sum right, it up. Right, right. No, but then he does. Okay. Oh, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Uh, no, no. Wait. Sorry, yes, I didn't read the rest of the sentence. In no, we got so terms. bored we stopped halfway yeah. through the sentence. In cricket terms, Brian Lara ninety six is a great sequel and plays a marvelous inning like a. Crickets you were once again eager to pour scorn upon a sports game. <laughs> yes. You were not even prepared to finish reading the sentence before that scorn came flowing out like an uncontrollable sluice of hatred. I know, yeah, I'm Look, sorry. don't get me wrong, you are right to do it. If I was around my friend's house and they pulled this out, I would stop my friendship. That would be the end of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was on a podcast recently called Back to the 80s, uh, where the host, Glenn, his one critique of our podcast, which he listens to actively... Is the big hate of sports. Is the big hate of sports games particularly fifa he's he's got a grump on about our treatment Jeez. of that and uh, so, you know and the thing is he can string sentences together how is there overlap between these people mm. I don't, how do you like back to the future and football it's not i do i don't know i sort of see the point because if someone who really loves cricket decides to listen to this they're going to be put out at best Mm, they should be, because we're trying to help them to understand. Okay, well, I'm going to say something nice, sincerely nice, about this cricket okay, game. Right okay, now, okay, okay. I am very fond of the different selection of fonts that you can see in the game. <laughs> the top left, where it says nil for nil overs, that's that's a different yes. font to the top yes. right, where it says power and speed. They're both, they're both very clear. Yes. And in the bottom left, where they're expressing quite a lot of information on that screen there, uh, I can read all of it perfectly. It's all very chunky and nice, so I'd like to Great. also rate that. That's a good HUD. It's a good HUD. Great. Um, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And if you look, if you look carefully uh, on the middle right screen, uh, uh -huh. you can see that it is there raining. Yeah. So yes, they have in that, fact yeah. simulated the rain there. Yes, but they're still playing. So. What I'd also like to know is that the full Nets facility that allows you to practice improving your game, I'd like to know what actual meaningful impact that has. But to be honest, I also wouldn't like to know because I couldn't give a f***. <laughs> 
Is there anything in this review, and, the, and I'm very serious about this, mm-hmm. is there anything in this review that if all you'd done is look at the back of the box, you couldn't have guessed was true? Welcome to the review zone! <laughs> I'm not convinced that they've played it. That was kind of the vibe I was getting of it. There's mm. very little opinion, very little here's what's in it. The only bit that strikes me as actual information gained from playing the game is when bowling you pitch the ball on the strip using the D-pad. But I could have guessed that. You just guessed yeah. Yeah. Mm. The rest yeah. of it's all just back of the box stuff. Is this is this well worn like review zone criticism here? I don't. I mean, for the for the first couple of years, all they did was just list what was in the options screen. They barely ever mentioned the game. Yep, that was the Takushi Gibbon singularity. Was that? I mean, solidarity because I mean, I review games and I've never played one. So <laughs> no, exactly. What what kind mm. of sado would play a game? Who has time for that? Just no. I still get paid. So yeah, I think you should listen to our podcast. I think you quite like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> The Fundamental Four, Part 2 Written by Nigel Dobbin and Nigel Kitching Art by Nigel Dobbin Colours by Gina Hart Letters by Ella Tafel Charmy returns with a small army of worker bees from his hive To help rescue Chaotix before the Fundamental Four can execute them Working together, the bees use the villain's elemental powers against them, combining water, earth, air, and flame to immobilize the four by mixing, sculpting, and firing them into a giant pot. Vector is aghast that such a stupid plan has worked, and not one for gratitude, soon kicks all the bees out, finding them just as annoying as Charmy. Rude. Hey, this is good. I love this. Yeah. I love this. This is a bit of daft fun time, and yeah. I like it a lot. I wasn't sure exactly what... It felt like there was a lot left to do as far as defeating the... Yeah. In a story that we knew was only two parts long, it felt like bringing in a load of bees from Charmy's Hive and <laughs> having these villains to defeat already felt like a lot at once. But instead, yeah. the introduction of the whole Hive thing feels like a seed for the future. I don't know if yeah. it comes back up again, but it feels like that's what it is. Yeah, uh, Dobbin's art looking a lot nicer with um, Gina Hart's colours than Steve White's last issue as well. I I looked up who Gina Hart is, mm-hmm. and she's the person who used to colour all the Rupert annuals because oh, yeah. Rupert was a you know presumably a black and white strip in the paper, and she's the colourist for oh. it. I know her from Transformers, but which oh, of course, which might mean that she's the one who did. And I don't know if this is the case. Who did you know the elaborate painted covers where he's got brown fur? Um, but I don't know. But she certainly coloured the strips inside the annuals. Which makes her comics royalty. Yeah, she's, she goes back a ways, yeah. I, we have, she's been doing a couple of issues. We haven't really flagged her up at any point in the, like, the time she's been on SDC, but yeah. This is beneath her. I don't know why she's stooping to this level if she does Rupert. <laughs> Bills must be paid. Yeah. Hello, Bill. Hello. Hello, Rupert. But anyway, I was just enjoying the simple joke that they turned them into a pot. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so it's good. It's funny in and of itself. Like, I twigged last issue that maybe that maybe the outcome would be that they would use their powers against them whenever Hydran got very nervous about Flair getting too close to him. But yeah. Against each other, yeah. But I thought that like the water one would put out the fire, the fire one or something yeah, like that. They would, they Didn't they, they would mix them together to make clay and a pot? With a load of handheld egg beaters. Quickly, man, mix brilliant. the liquid man into the geezer who's made of earth, and I don't want to see any lumps. <laughs> I think that Squall getting cut in half is horrible. It is a bit, actually, yeah. I think it is an awful thing to do to anyone. Yeah. Sonic would never cut someone in half. Because he's like, oh no, all the water's glupping out. And you, mm. you do you can't help but think of that in a way as like bleeding out. It reminds me of Freddy vs. Jason. Well, he 
hasn't been cut in half. It's his suit that's been cut in yes, half. Yes, it's just the rubber container. He is not the suit, him. he oh, is the I water. See. Oh, I uh, see. But what are our bodies if not the ridiculous rubber suit that contains a load of water? <laughs> What does that mean for him? He's animate water, and he can control himself when he's in the suit, but what, he can't pull himself back together if he leaks out everywhere? He can't hold a form, is that it? He's just that, loose, That's the impression water. I get, yeah. I was, genuinely, I was actually quite worried for him in this moment, because he's an extremely well-designed character. He and is, I love him. isn't he? I know he's probably never coming back, and what a waste, but the fact that he was leaking out and he goes, No, I'm leaking, quick, somebody get a bucket! Which implies that if we don't, if nobody contains this water now, it'll just seep into the ground, and that he'll, that he for, for however much water is left, he'll just be what's left. So if there's just a dribble left in the bowl, that's him. Forever. It's harrowing. Mm, it's very horrific. Honestly, I'm quite glad that they got turned into a pot because now you know for as long as the pot lasts, which we've got ancient pots. That's a really good way of preserving yeah, yourself. That could be them forever. Yeah, they could still be out there today. In fact, you probably the aim is that a pot made in 1996 would still be intact today. Like definitely, yes. <laughs> at the very least, <laughs> the very you'd, least. you'd want that. I like the fact that they don't know any of their names and they just call them like the Liquid Man and the Giza who's made of Earth. That's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't think like if Charmy ever knew their names at any point, he definitely forgot them in the intervening yes. years mm. since they last fought the uh, the fundamental force. He only knows Fleur's name. That's it. Shoots her with a blast of jet fuel to get her fire to burn out of control so that she consumes the mass of... I'm not exactly sure how the air one is involved in this. They sort of throw no. the mixed up water and earth over the top of Squall, who is a cloud. So I'm not really sure how that works. I would have thought it would have been more to do with Flare, like, superheating her as air to then fire the mm. thing. But don't, wor don't worry about it, man. The air is there, you know? Well, it's think of a pot, right? You've got the pot, and what's inside it? Air. That, that's <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. I really like that panel of flare going up in flames there. That's mm. good. It's great, isn't it? This is a very good looking strip in general. Yeah. yeah he's sort of, uh, oh no, I suppose it was Gina who did this, has sort of like put a load of paint down and, and you know, dropped some water on it or something. Looks or, like or it's it, watercolor yeah. and it's been mixed with, it's, it's very wet looking, but of course that makes it look very hot, very fire looking, the yellow and white and red all blending together. It's great. How you keep that, if, if that's the technique you're using, how you keep that within the lines, I don't know. Years of practice. But I love the resolution. The bees let the chaotic side of this little execution chamber that they've been sealed into, this little Superman 2 chamber <laughs> they put them in. And Vector's like, you, you can't defeat the fundamental four by turning them into a pot. It's too stupid. <laughs> That's just really good. It didn't inherently strike me as stupid. It just struck me as funny, you know. Yeah. It didn't strike me as an in-universe stupid methodology, but then Vector comes out and is just bamboozled and furious about this fact. And of course, well, of course it is stupid because Charmy and his family did it. Obviously, that's stupid. What other way could they possibly beat anybody? <laughs> what a weird... What is this initial seed of an idea that set anybody off on writing this story? Like, what is this? Mm, right, I mean, you would assume it's an elemental quartet of villains yeah. based on the classical Greek elements. But at what point in the proceedings does the conclusion <laughs> to that story become, and they all get smashed into a pot? And at what point is it like, oh, let's throw a load of bees at this story? Right, yeah, like, what, what about this could not have involved the Chaotics doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, we but, need a load of bees for this. But the bees feel like a seed for just fleshing out one of the characters in Chaotix, finally. I guess that's it. I love this, anyway. And if this, oh, yeah. Because 
We know that Nigel's Kitching and Dobbin were big mates, and if this is what happens when you sit the two of them down and yeah. go, like, let's make up a comic, mm. that's what it feels like. It feels like two mates shouting ideas at each other over what must have been a table at a pub. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's the vibe, right? And it's brilliant. If this is what you get out of that, I hope it happens time and again. Yeah, this has just been a great, silly little two-parter with great design villains. Lovely, cute little worker bees. Mm. They're worker bees, so they wear hard hats. I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. That's brilliant. That's lovely. They're just little sonicy bees, little charmy style bees. And they wear hats, and they're, const- they're they're construction workers, which is yeah. why they do all this shoveling and mixing with like with cement and earth and everything and fire and stuff. It's like the one idea does just flow from the next in the most stupidly plausible way, even though the, yeah. each individual component is ridiculous. Like it's it's brilliant. It's great. Um, Love it. Speaking of seeds for the future, what a great bit of dialogue as we cut back to Charmy and all these bees coming along and. Charmy says, Golly, I really appreciate the Queen letting me borrow so many of you workers. And the chief worker bee goes, You're lucky she did. It's been months since you last visited the hive. Uh, well, I've been really busy with the chaotic saving the world and stuff stuff like that. Yes, sirree, Bob. And that's that. That's all the conversation you have about the Queen and who the Queen is and what's going on and why Charmy knows these mm. guys. And that's why I say it really feels like a nod to mm. something that's coming up. Does Nigel know where he's going with this yet? We don't know, but it feels like he does. Stuart, you know STC a bit better than we do, don't you? Do I? I thought you did. What does that stand for? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, you know, because often on this podcast we talk about how there are a great many people in the world who know this series inside and out far better mm. than we do. And I thought you were one of them. I might do. What, what is there a question imminent? Well, no, or... it's just that we don't know if the bee thing comes back. <laughs> I honestly can't oh, I know remember because... Hang on, hang on, wait a minute. I kept my mouth shut because it's very famous that the bees come back, Chris. I thought you were mucking about. Surely you know that Ken Penders is alleged by some fans to have ripped off what they do when the bees come back. Oh, no, I know that. But, I mean, I know that the idea that Charmy is from a hive mm. is in mm. both things. No, that's from the idea of bees, though. They got that from the idea of bees. <laughs> Ken Bender's ripped off the idea of some bees. Well, Ken is drafting a letter to nature as we speak. <laughs> Somehow he wins and now has dominion over the planet. That's, that's <laughs> He's the reason all the bees are dying. Yeah. Not surprised, frankly. <laughs> they had to retcon the bees out because <laughs> Ken took them. And that's where they started disappearing. The it, Earth yeah, had yeah. to have a soft reboot. <laughs> And then the story ends with after Vector kicks all the bees out, because apparently being stupid and saying diddle is just a quality that bees have in the Sonic <laughs> universe. Saying diddle! <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, peace at last. And then they turn around and we see that uh, the uh, fundamental four, their faces are all in the other side of the pot that had not been facing the camera before now. And they're gonna, they start grumbling about how they've been stuck there. We have rights! <laughs> And uh, you notice it's actually another speech bubble design again for the yeah. fused pot that's, that's oh, different wow. to all of the previous four kinds. Oh, fantastic. Next issue, Knuckles Returns. I do hope that they keep drawing this pot in the chaotic space from now on. <laughs> I, I would imagine it's been taken to prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a, uh, or a museum or something. Prison. B and Q. Yeah. They're not going to just keep it there, you know? They are not the police. With just one big (laughs) handcuff around it. (laughs) Apparently, no matter what anyone wishes, 
pot remains illegal. Uh, Did you get it? I was doing a humorous reference to smoking drugs. Drugs. Graphics zone. Chaotic zone. It's a chaotic themed graphic zone, and it's all pictures of chaotic, and yep, that's what cha- it is, and that's who they are. Chaotic stroke weightlifting themed graphics zone. Yeah, there's two weightlifting slash fitness themes. Purely by coincidence. So the first one from Thomas Wilson in Plymouth, Devon, is just SBO in a black leather jacket by the looks of things. It's a nice jacket. Is it a leather jacket? Oh no! Because it looks like it's no, got tassels it's a, on. Yes, it's a fuzzy tassely one actually. It's nice. I'm glad that he drew it. <laughs> we can't always say that about the pieces of art in the graphics zone. <laughs> he seems to have a sort of tail jacket on as well doesn't he is yeah, it a tail jacket or is it an attempt at doing shadow oh do you know what it is because look he's done it on the uh yeah, curving up the ends. under his chin and on his head bit oh as yes well. no i'm sorry but i like your explanation of a tail jacket better <laughs> Good, then that is what it is uh next one mm. is uh, mighty who is not currently weightlifting but he obviously has done as he's got a little popeye bulge he has just finished yeah. uh yeah weightlifting there's a weight and he's got a little radio blasting out music down in the corner for his uh keep fit routine and down and up and down up yeah. and down and all around <laughs> oh. and he's saying keep fit he's doing the v victory sign he's winking and he's got a little popeye lump showing he's got muscles now he's got a popeye eye as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he just generally looks like he's popeye just popeye in it up generally okay his uh, his hand is unfortunately on backwards Yes, it is, but I mean... We'll allow it. Well, he's just not got his technique proper, and so he's twisted <laughs> his wrist. He'll, he'll get it sorted out soon. Next one. Stephen Daglish from Newcastle-upon-Tyne has copied a piece of Richard Elson art yep. of Charmy, throwing a punch. And they've given him some crayons as a reward for copying, have they? Yep. Literally, there's nothing more to say about it. It's a panel of Charmy throwing a punch from, I think, the first Chaotix series. Even though it's specifically against the rules, as listed right opposite this Charmy picture... Be original and don't copy pictures from the comic. Come up with your own ideas. That is verbatim. Printed right mm. next to this picture. And he of hasn't Charmy. even tried to, you know, gussy. Often we'll see things referenced from the comic where they'll then put Sonic's head on a llama or something, you know, <laughs> dress tails as a nurse or something. Or it'll be, let's say, so this is a picture of Charmy doing a sort of punch in the air, right? Mm. And somebody might put a microphone in his hand and be like, yeah. he's doing karaoke, that sort of thing. Uh, they haven't. Nope, just, just a, copy. a copy. Maybe they could put an oar in his hand and he could be on a boat or something. There are any number of things he could be doing. He could be he could have a big uh, spoon and he's stirring some broth. Come on, Stephen, you're from Newcastle. Be more creative than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so much inspiration around you. Anon has sent, because the Mighty is from Anonymous, a mm. different Anonymous has sent a picture of a sort of what? A sort of Knuckles SBO? Yeah, Knuckles is- the Chameleon? SBO yeah. the Echidna? It's just SBO, but with Knuckles' his head spikes. Is it? Are you sure it's a different Anonymous? It does not like the same style to me. Yes, the art style appears different. Yeah, but that, that they could be a very versatile Anonymous. They could. And they could. Okay, so in this style, what Anon has done is, is used a lot of shine. A hell of a lot of shine. shine. A very interesting sort of zip-shaped shine down both of his legs. I feel like quite an accomplished... I don't know where they've got that from. It's mm, they've, yeah. they've seen that somewhere and used it, but I can't place it. It's not something I've seen. I feel as though this amalgamation of Knuckles and Espio has been immediately one-upped by the next one. <laughs> yeah, I right. Mean, it's a bit unfair yeah. to put them both in mm. the same graphics zone, because this is just a red Espio with Knuckles' dreads. Mm. Is it even red? It's kind of ambiguous if it's red or purple. Yeah. Mm. 
But then to the right of that, Christopher Young from Edgeware in Middlesex has sent in uh, the composite freedom fighter chaotix mm-hmm. STC icon, you know. It's everybody. With all the powers. It, let's see, let's break this down here now. So it's Sonic's head and spikes. Yeah. Yep. With Espio's horn and his yep. forehead. Yep. The arched eyebrow of the dad from the Croods. <laughs> Vector's muzzle, but only the top jaw is coloured green, and then the bottom jaw is in regular Sonic muzzle colours. To match Sonic's yeah. bottom lip, yeah. Mm-hmm. Charmy's stripy bee body. Yeah. Espio's right arm, you can tell because it's purple. Knuckles's <laughs> left arm. Tails's tails. Knuckles's right leg, and Mighty's left leg. One of Tails's tails is weird. Is that it anything? Is. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's, it's, I think it's just they ran out of space. Yeah, or or their hand slipped, maybe. Well, maybe, but like, so one tail's tail ends properly in a point, but this one kind of splays off into two blobby. It's like a bone. I've got a query about this picture. Mm. Go on. It's been cropped. There's text on it, mm. and I'd like to know yes. what it says. Maybe it was swearing. Maybe, and there's all the Piss. there's stuff at the bottom that implies mm. there may have been more characters even. Yeah, I don't yes. know. I, I would say what the text is is just listing the names because there's that Y yeah, there that's yellow and black striped. So I'm sure. Oh, that's that. Charmy. Charmy. I, thank oh my God, you're like a detective. <laughs> yeah, you should join the Chaotix Detective Agency. Thank you for telling me that was a stripy Y. I thought it was like a tri Willy. Do you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> maybe it is a tri Willy. Maybe it is. Christopher Ewing, if you let us know if that's a willy. (laughs) (laughs) Right in. (laughs) Alex Chu has drawn uh, our second weightlifting-themed picture, which is uh, Charmy in the special zone. There's all sorts of weird stuff going off behind him. There's moons and stars. going on back there. This is great. I love this. And he's just... So Charmy has got... He's lifting two weights. He's got a shirt on that says Sega Sports. And behind him is... (laughs) I mean, it's the Omniviewer... Mm. Doing a. I think it's the first piece of fan art we've had of the Omniviewer, and I got very excited when I thought that. Yeah, and he's saying get. Get something. Oh, Just yeah. get. Get fit. Yeah, because they've cropped it a get. It will be get fit. Yeah. It will be get fit. Probably. I was trying to figure it out. I really confused myself for a moment. I was looking at the picture. Yeah. And whatever way I looked at it, I looked at it and I was like, why does it say oop? Across the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the loops of Charmy's laces on his shoes. Plus a stripe on his Yeah. I think what the Omniviewer is saying is get some toilet paper. I'm currently doing a poo. (laughs) Look at his face. That is the most doing a poo face. Come on. It's impossible for a child to draw the Omniviewer's face. I think that. <laughs> oh no, that's the A star material you don't get when it's just me and Dave on this show. <laughs> oh dear. Just quite ashamed of that, to be honest. But also proud. But I think it's very difficult to draw the Omni viewer's face, and I think this child has done a very good bang effort. up job. Well done. I like this drawing in general. I think a lot of effort's gone into Loads. it. Loads. Uh, you know. Yeah. When the Omni viewer was growing up, I bet everyone at school called him the Omni-Pooer all the time. Yeah. Poor thing. And you've just brought it up again, opened that old... When he was going to school for omnidimensional tellies. Well, as we all know, the Omni-Pooer used to be a blue echidna, so I don't imagine they called him that when he was a baby. (laughs) That's why he he had to turn into an echidna, because he was so embarrassed by his name. This is... 
Stuart, this is all Patreon material. Sorry, this is Patreon exclusive yeah. jokes. Sorry. Oh, I see. <laughs> I've been, this is I've... based on your uh, no doubt yes. atrocious fanfiction. Yes. In which okay. the Omni Viewer turns into an echidna because. And the echidna is Dave's self insert character. I, I was only joking. I bet it's actually really good. No, no. It's not. No, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's awful. Then the last picture is by Robert D. Morris from St. Albans in Hertfordshire, and it's Vector sitting on some mushrooms having an ice cream. Yes. A weird mushroom chair. Yes, has he got. I think what he's got is a chair with a mushroom backrest. And mm. the, he's carefully placed all four legs of this chair on four mushrooms. On mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, that you're asking for trouble because mushrooms in Sonic are really bouncy. Mm. So he's yeah. going to spring off into the air. That's the last place you want to put your chair. This one's been very badly squashed. Yes. Squashing and stretching these things never does the art any favours, but it does this one even less favours because mm. it does just make the whole of Vector look like he's just bent at a solid right angle at his waist yeah. and his legs just stuck in the air. Ironically, I want to say call it to the artist here who thought they had <laughs> a lot more room than they actually had. That's part of it, isn't it? Or he couldn't quite figure out how the knee works, and that's fair because Sonic characters don't really have knees and elbows, do they? Yeah, that's... That's fair, I think. I don't know how the knee works at no. all. That's true. I don't either. I wish I did, though, because I'm old. Oh, you can actually just see, sort of, just under Vector's ass, mm. that there is more mushroom pattern there. Yeah, a little bit. I didn't realise that, so it is actually just a full mushroom assemblage. So it's like Ikea, but mushroom. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, Fungi-Ikea? Yeah. Does that work? This is, despite the trappings no. of a <laughs> okay. small child doing a drawing... This is involved, it's good, I like the imaginative mm. nature of this chair, and the ice cream is, is lovingly rendered. Yeah, makes me want an ice cream. Yeah. It's got three flavours that are clearly chocolate, vanilla, and mint. Yeah, I love a mint good. ice cream right about now. Oh, I don't it's like it. It's got em. a little flake. Oh, it's like my favourite. Mint chocolate ice cream, ice cream is my favourite. Oh, yeah. Ugh, mm. Mint ice cream. Mint. It's, yeah, it's, it's summer. It's mm. the coldest possible mm. flavour of ice cream. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm rubbing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it is. I'll give you that. I'm just not keen. I, I don't mean to throw shade at Corolla, but those crayons seem a bit sh. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Well, they're not crayons, they're pens. <sighs> Sorry, they're pens. Well, right. I got, you said crayons, and they're not crayons. They're just. They're I thought not. a crayon was just like a thing for coloring in that is in a drawing mode. No. Is it specifically a wax crayon? I think that's kind of a regional thing. A crayon has to be made really? of wax. What? What is this? I think some people will call. Well, what about pencil crayons? Exactly. We'll call colored pencils, which is what I would call the them. Pencil, colored pencils. We'll call, call them pencil crayons. crayons. Okay. Okay. I agree with that, but you don't call them crayons. You call them pencil crayons. Yeah, pencil crayons is a type that's of crayon. That's what I'm saying. It's it's vague. These you know, are it's, pen crayons. They, yeah, that's it. You know, it makes them a type crayon. of right. crayon. All right, it? let me put this to you then. When in your life have you ever... cray around here is you, Dave. When have you ever heard? <laughs> <laughs> when have you ever heard the phrase pen crayons? Never. You don't call pens crayons. All the time. He just said it there now. I heard him. Uh, I, I used to say. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> anyway, no, I mean they're as as pens. They're felt not really crayons. that good, are they? You know, they're they're not for felt tip they're crayons, not really yeah, exactly. for drawing with. They're a, they're a novelty. You know, you yeah, draw in one color, then you've got the magic crayons. pen. You draw over the top of them and changes color. You know, they're a novelty thing. Yeah, you do it once and you go, well, that wasn't very good. And you <laughs> yeah. never use them again. That's yeah. It, yeah. Right back to STC, man. I wish I'd never drawn that picture of Vector sitting on a mushroom. We hill. we had a pack of them and we paid money for it. <laughs> oh, so and, did we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You use it the once and you have a scribble and then you. Mm. 
scribble again, and then you go. You're like, oh, I'll check that shit. Because right, because where, where's the black pen? Until I draw an outline. You know? Here's the problem: whenever you use pens, two things happen: you have the experience, and then there's the result. With these, mm. the gimmick here is only ever felt during the experience. It's only ever felt during mm, the coloring yes. of it. What you end up with is a a picture, and what I suspect what you end up with, and. I can't prove this, but I suspect what you end up with is a picture that's going to weirdly change over time. I think that bleach is going to make it weird as time passes. You're going to bleach. I'd say you're right. But it's fun in the moment. It's I'm fun sure. in the moment. I, I don't agree. remember that it was, but I'm sure. And it was. in 1996, what more did you ask for? They're not as fun as like a Crayola glow in the dark crayon. That was good. What? You never had this. Now, when you say crayon, what are you talking about here? I mean, I mean, actual wax crayon. Mm. Yeah. I used to have one. It was glow in the dark crayon. It was glow in the dark color, and you would what? when you would color with it, and you put some dark on it, <laughs> like a light, no light, get rid of the light. It would shine. You turn the lights the out. You mean that's the one? It's also known. when you shine some yeah. dark on. Turn on the dark. <laughs> when you make some dark go on it. When you turn the dark on. Yeah. Then, um, <laughs> It, it would make um, <laughs> a glow. Tales. Shock Tactics, written by Lou Stringer, art by Mike Hadley, colours by Steve White, letters by Tom Frame. Still defending the Casino Night Zone against Badnik attacks, Tails winds up on the wrong side of casino owner Max Gamble, who thinks he isn't getting rid of the robots fast enough. With the help of a pair of electricians named Mark and Sparks, Tails disguises himself as a Badnik and trails the robots back to their hidden base, then lures them out right into an electrical force field Mark and Sparks have set up, which destroys them all. Max Gamble still isn't happy, as the electrical surge has caused a power cut to his casino, but the people of the zone stand up for Tails, and Gamble slinks off, vowing to settle things with the fox another day. Mark and Sparks. Mark and Sparks. Cheeky old Lou Stringer. I went back to check that this one wasn't was a Mark, Mark Isles one, right? But then I realised, no, of course it isn't, because there's a relevance to them having that name. That, that's a hundred, exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It's not some random reference to nothing that has nothing to do with nothing, because being a spark or a sparky is a slang term for yeah. being an electrician. Yeah. So they and they are electricians. They set up, the, and the other one's named Marks, Mark because that's just the joke. Because of Marks and Spencer. Yes, Marks because of Marks and, and Spencer. Yes, yes, yes. Americans, we have a, a big oh, yes. shop here called Marks and Spencer, and everybody calls it Marks and Sparks, including them. Like, they've even started calling it Marks and Sparks in, in certain circumstances. And that is why, that's what the joke is with Mark and Sparks. In fact, on page four, Tails, accidentally, they've had him say yes. Marks and Marks Sparks. and Sparks instead of Mark, Mark and Sparks. Yes, that's why. Oh, that's so they have. What a flagrant error. Oh dear. Hope Huge. somebody got fired for that. Huge <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I have to feel like there aren't many issues left out of Mike Hadley at this point because his art is increasingly looking more and more out of place with everything else going on in the comic. That, I like it anyway. That's interesting you say that, because I liked it a lot. The first panel is wicked. Mm. No, that's not a badnik. There's a load of badniks in this zone that are just like yeah, little... Yeah, dumb bad made up badnik design, first of all. They're just like little robot guys, but I love them. They're these little fellas. They, he looks they're like... not bad, but you have to... You know the robot from Buck Your Hair, Blinky? They look a bit oh like. Oh God, that. yeah, he does look mm. like Blinky, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like <laughs> he's like a little deep sea diver looking guy with one big eye. In fact, his whole head looks like the things out of Portal mm. with the one eye. 
I mean, and I thought it'd be all right if we were supposed to understand that these were Brutus's badniks, mm-hmm. so they were new designs we haven't seen before, but that when Tails goes back to their base, all the badniks are classic brand badniks. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I think I, I get it, because while the art sort of does seem a bit out of place, I still think it's really good. Yeah, so do I. Tails has invaded this sort of other comic, sort of. That's part of the problem, <laughs> yeah, yeah cuz now that Hadley has the strong Richard Elson reference to draw from, he's drawing quite a nice tails. Yeah. But then like these monkey people that are Marked Sparks and Max Gamble, they're common birds. They look like these mm. awful knobbly yeah, over-detailed things that are just very out of place. <laughs> I think it's important not to overlook the amount of loose stringer lore that is being born here because um, Max Gamble is not a one-off character. Oh, uh, right. is that right? I, I had a sense he probably would yeah. come back from the Sonic. So area. Max Gamble does not fit the Sonic aesthetic. He is a Goomba from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> That's 100 And he runs a casino. <laughs> Stop yep. referencing the Super Mario Brothers movie. No. <laughs> Stop referencing the Super Yeah, I know. I, I, halfway through saying it, I was like, I'm an hiding to nothing. <laughs> Stop breathing, why don't you? <laughs> but, but, yes or no, that's what he yeah. is. He yes, is. it is. He's got a tail and a forked tongue, so he is a lizard, but he's yeah. a Goomba. <laughs> I am extremely fond of the drawings of him in this, but my favourite drawing of him, and I'm sorry I'm skipping ahead a little bit, maybe I'm misinterpreting the drawing, but on the last page of the story, on panel two, it <laughs> looks like he's shoving a duck aside by the face. Oh, yeah! To get to the front of the queue. <laughs> oh, yeah! I'm not sure it's actually meant to be that, but that's sort of what it looks like, so it's therefore funny. I think it might and be. And I love that. I think he probably is, yes. Mm. I think that's what, it's, it looks what it's supposed to look like, yeah. See, like, Hadley's actually drawn all these other little animals in a fairly yeah. reasonable, like, sonic approximation style. And yeah. then here's Max Gamble standing twice mm-hmm. as tall as any of them with his realistic scale texture. He's so cool, though. Look at him in the last panel flicking those dice like they're coins. <laughs> yeah, what's that about? He's supposed to be tossing he, he likes a pair to of dice up and down in his hand, but he's, he's uh, a gambling yeah, man. Hadley's drawn him with his thumb up as if he's tossing a coin. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's just a way to toss the thing i'm happy with that you can't toss two dice and with one thumb and rely you can if you're pro you can if you're max gap exactly that's the thing (laughs) he's so good at casino stuff that Mm, he can just do that well i don't think this one is quite as good as the last couple of tales as we've had Uh and to be honest i feel like if maybe if carl flint had drawn it i wouldn't think that (laughs) but there's just there's just something about the art in this one might also be those steve white colors kind of getting that same effect as the chaotix one it's It's, oddly colored it's a bit pallid i mean apart from the slight oddness i really do think this is good looking quite richly drawn little strip yeah yeah. good angles fun angles as well i've always spoke well of hadley's actual artistic like uh yeah chops but sometimes, yeah, and this is just one of those times. And it's full of, every panel is utterly crammed full of background mm-hmm. details and people and stuff. I particularly like, I said the first panel, that is a rammed full picture of Tails like fighting some of whatever these little diving robots are in midair with an entire casino night zone underneath him, roller coasters everywhere and domes and things. I, I love it. It's What's odd is that because the Sonic style... Whenever we've had an artist who seems to prefer to draw people not in the Sonic style, as you may mm-hmm. imagine they would, because it was the 90s and nobody drew like that. Yeah. It's weird that his Max Gamble, which you would imagine is him in his comfort zone, is kind of the worst thing drawn. Yeah. Like, his face is never quite consistent. It's always... The lips are always somewhere else <laughs> on his face. It's, it's odd. It is odd, especially on the final page when his design just completely changes, apparently. But, just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sort of yeah. dissolves in some way, yeah. Riddle me this one. Okay. Panel two of page one. Uh-huh. 
are those, let's call them Emerald Hill folk, Mobians? Is that the Mobians that Tails has busted free from the Badnik shells parachuting to safety? Like little G.I. Oh. Joe pilots who've been shot out of their exploding planes just to show that they're all right? I think oh, it is. that's very oh, that's cool. nice. <laughs> yeah. I love the way that Tails is coming into land by angling his tails downwards so that they're sort of <laughs> yeah. like hovercraft almost. That's very cool. Making him a little cushion to settle down on gently. I'm also very, and this is pretty like the most obvious, amusing to me thing ever, but on panel three when the arse plate falls out of Tails. <laughs> That's a pretty good moment. Yeah. It's very funny. It reminds me of Cousin Mull's springing back chops being revealed when the thing goes boing and comes off of his pyjamas. That is how uh, the badniks realise this is Tails in disguise, is the arse falls out of his disguise and his tails spring out. Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> what a giveaway, thinks Tails. <laughs> well, next issue, another Tails adventure. So I guess we'll just see how... Uh, although the story does end now with Tails leaving the Metropolis Zone to go and rejoin Sonic, Amy and Johnny. So I don't know if that means he's going to you know, come flying in at the end of Revolution next issue or whatever. Or if he'll get intercepted along the way in next issue's Another Tales adventure. Okay. The Q-Zone goes to Hollywood with a selection of cheats and tips on monster movie spin-off games. They're doing that thing again where they just list people at the start. Thanks to Carla Hodge from Gloucestershire for an ace letter. Ace in capital letters. Yeah, it must be good. They don't give it to us. No, I know. There's no explanation of what she sent or anything like that. You just have to guess. Carla, write in, tell us. Michaela Clarkson from Glasgow is given maximum respect for her Saturn game-playing abilities. Mm. Not going to tell us what what they they are, so not that much respect. It's almost like somebody started sending in high scores five years later. Yeah. Three years later, whatever year this is. (laughs) Finally, if Megadroid sees any more letters asking for help on Sonics 1, 2, and 3, his chips will short out. You've been warned. Mm-hmm. It's amusing because anyone who so much as gets hit in any of those Sonic games is rubbish at games. Yeah. <laughs> this is petty beyond imagination, so by all means delete it. That's not a screenshot from Game Galeon 3, it's from the Mega Drive 1, actually. Oh, they're always doing that. Jeez. But also, it slightly annoys me that the Aladdin, again, not for Mega CD, it was not released on the Mega CD, thank you very much. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Oh, was it? Oh, I just assumed. Yeah. yeah, these are the cheats for the Mega Drive version. On top of getting the platform wrong, which is just deeply foolish, the cheats for Aladdin that give you total invincibility, great. Start at any level you please, great. And freezeability in that the start button will pause the game. <laughs> that normally happens. That normally That's happens. That's not a cheat. What is that? Yeah. That's called pausing. What the hell? <laughs> it's not what? freezeability. It's not a cheat. What? Why is... Why have they written that? To fill space. That's my only thing I can imagine. Freezeability in that the start button will pause the game. That's like what normally happens. Every game on the Mega Drive. That's a scandal. I am scandalized by that pause thing. Freeze it. What? Also, I've just realized that the codes they're printing here are all, I think, Game Genie codes, and it doesn't actually mention that at any point. No, the Aladdin ones are normal codes. I remember. Yeah, but the oh, other... The, the Alien ones. The Batman ones aren't, the Star yeah. Wars ones aren't. They, yeah, they, they you're right now, actually, they don't mention it, yeah. If I was a child and I had oh. these games and I tried to enter those codes with no Game Genie, I would be crying. Well, and you especially would, because it opens the entire Q-Zone with, remember that the following codes and moves may take practice to make them work, but keep trying and you'll mm. get to blitz your machine. Yeah, keep so trying. Gonna keep trying. More like Q is for quappy. Q 
Here we go. Uh, here we go. I've just oh. found it. Freezeability. Oh. It turns oh, the start button into a momentary pause in which the game is only oh. paused while you are holding down the button. Oh, oh. But however, they didn't say that. No, they did not. A, why? Who wants that? What good is that? What indeed? That's a downgrade. Yeah, Because if I you agree. want to pause your game, you now can't. Mm-hmm. B, both STC and whatever you've just read call it freezeability. That must be what I find. That this name. is just a game fact. That must be what was written on the actual menu. Or they got it from this issue and they put it. There's something about the way this whole Aladdin section opens, honestly, that's just rubs me the wrong way. Traditional yeah. animated films were meant to be like this before computers made them. Yeah, objectively yeah, correct. There's been one film. Toy Story. There's been CGI one film. Also, they spelled Jafar wrong. Yeah, Jafar. Here are some tips to help you junk Jafar. Jafar is how it's spelled in Prince of Persia. They've made a terrible error here. Well, Jafar is how it's spelled in Arabian Nights, the book. Oh, the, oh well, the, you mean the adaptation of the movie Aladdin? Yes, the novelization <laughs> of the film. Yeah. In that case, I'll allow it. But it's a, I think it's a job title rather than his name. You know what's slightly also annoying in this uh, quite annoying Q-Zone? They have the level skip for Toy Story, uh-huh. which spells abracadabra, but they don't point out that it spells you abracadabra, know. which oh you'd think would God. be a fun thing to point out. A, B, right, A, C, A, down, A, B, mm. right, Oh, that's a. so annoying. Oh, yes, Dave. Yeah. You see these Star Trek Generations codes? I see them. Are these Star Trek things? Harriman, Demora, Soren, Look, Viridan. I'm not that big of a Trekkie to know the answer, but... But you do know the answer, don't you? I know that Ogawa is one. Ah, so they must all be there. So they must all be. I feel like Farragut. Farragut is what you get when you eat too many holodeck treats. I have to say that these last two sections being for Star Trek Generations on the Game Gear and Star Wars on the Game Gear, this is where I just really started to lose the will, honestly. Because it's like your dad was asked to write these bits. (laughs) This game kicks Klingon. My Trekkie spies have been hard at work to bring you these codes for this... (laughs) Enterprising game. <laughs> Beam That's me good. up now. That's good, and then though. under the Star like Wars that. one it says Use the force look or alternatively use these codes instead. <laughs> I can't I can't do it. Next issue is a guide to Vectorman, which I had, so I'll be interested to see what's in there. The guide is, if you've accidentally bought Vectorman, for God's sake, return it. Hi. I have a bad case of diarrhea. I have a bad case of diarrhea. This fortnight in the diary zone as I crack open my genuine, genuine, real-life diary from the time when this issue actually came out in real life. We are going to find out exactly what was happening, and it was a big time. It was a momentous occasion, Chris. The summer holidays. momentous occasion stew yep it is the end of the school that i've Ooh. been at oh yes the whole of, of course, STC of course. so far scenes thursday the 27th of june 1996 5 20 p.m an early get normally i'm writing at bedtime yeah i've come home from school i've had a muck about watch some tv and when the tv's finished out comes the diary i cannot believe it my time at high school is over it was really sad as the bus drew away from the school. No, it was. I remember. No, it was. I remember this day so clearly. It was a lovely day. Everybody was. There was crowds of people standing there. I've got two photos of everyone like milling around in a way they didn't normally. Like, oh, we're going home for the last time. Everyone hugging each other. We didn't do that. Fourteen years old. Everyone hugging each other. I remember one of my friends who I'd been walking to school with all this time, uh, crying on the bus, and he was like, Aww. you know. I considered him 
not a hard kid, but like, you know, a got his shit together kid. And the thing is, because we're 14 now, people are starting to pair up and they might not see each other again now. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they lived anything up to 20 minutes away from each other, so they might simply never meet again. Insurmountable. <laughs> and yeah, it was. I remember it being a momentous occasion. That night was the presentation evening, where we all went into somewhere, like a gym at another school or, or some other building somewhere, where we all um, we all got handed... I Okay, I can't remember if this memory comes from that night or some equivalent thing at the end of GCSE. I think it was that night. But there we all were, and the, the head teacher and some people from the council or something, like some people, you know, they were making it feel like it was important. We all went up onto a little stage in front of our... You know, our parents were in the audience and things like this, and we would go up and be handed a sort of scroll like a sort of a thing that we would be handed to say yes your time at high school is over you have graduated you are big now you are grown-ups and as i went up um an eyelash just you know like you know when an eyelash falls into your oh, eye yeah yeah and i'm like Wah. and so i kind of went like oh Wah. and the bloke had the mayor or whoever like whoever whoever it was that was handing me the thing goes like oh cheer up and i'm like no no, I wasn't no, crying! I was being no. hard! Oh, no. In front of everyone! And I remember shouting over my shoulder, I, I, it was an itch! Because I couldn't summon a description of what it really was. I had an eyelash! Yeah. <laughs> Friday, the 28th of June, 1996, the summer holiday yes. introduction. Yes, mate. <laughs> yes, mate. The holiday officially starts on the 1st of July, as does the next diary. Because I'm making a clean break here. I'm oh, finishing clean break, the book. Stopping there. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's when your summer holiday starts. It's the Monday. It's not Saturday. It's the Monday. So, end of school, end of diary. Yeah. End of Sonic's friends. They're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> end of the complete story, Shock Tactics. End yeah. of Innocence. End of Mobius. <laughs> end of Mobius. Yeah, blimey. I'm really here for it today. Wow, I wasn't expecting to get emotional, and I haven't. But check out how exciting this is. Today, the ninth year, that's my year, had an extra day off for being the ninth year. So the seventh years and eighth years, they're in school what? today, not me. Today, I bought five blank tapes to use it over the holidays and the great new album, The Smurfs Go Pop. <laughs> God in heaven above and the baby Jesus and Satan below. Most Dave Palmer thing to say. Ever. The bus <laughs> tragically pulled out, and I never saw my friends again. Bought the Smurfs album. Oh, the great new album. Yeah, you were just going on recently about how bad that album was. I didn't like it. It was a bad experience when I listened through that album, and I never played it again, as far as I Have can. you not listened to it yet at the time you were writing this and dubbing it great? I must have done. I'm, well, I, well, well ah, but listen, but listen. Because I bought it today. So clearly, when I dubbed it great, hadn't heard it yet. <laughs> I think I remember that being quite a big deal. I think I remember it being advertised on the television. It was. Such. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was big noise. As I if to say, that, yeah. bloody hell, you know those Smurfs? Mm. They're back. Well, you know how they hadn't gone pop before? You won't believe what they've gone and yeah. done. <laughs> Wow, yeah. what what sort of tracks were we to expect from the Smurfs? I'm sure you're about to tell us, but Little Puppy was on there. Got Little Puppy. I got Little Puppy was on there. That uh, we we speculated, did it get to number one? That got to number four in the oh, charts. I'm surprised oh, it didn't dear. get to number uh, one. They were all all but maybe one or two tracks were all parodies of songs in the charts at the time. So you had you know Living Next Door to Alice. They did Who the Smurf is Alice? Living Next Door to some Smurfs. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it was the Who the F*** is Alice version. There's a place you ought to visit, a place where you should go. It's full of friendly people, the kind you'd like to know. A welcome's waiting for you, and we know that you will grow to love Smugland. Whereabouts is Smurfland? Smurf Wait, are, are you making this up, or did they actually say whereabouts is Smurfland? They, no, they were whereabouts is Smurfland. Oh but my I, I, I God, remember, this is disgusting. I remember reading a brief article. It was probably only in Look In magazine or something, some kids' magazine, just mentioning that this album was out, and it it took a jokey tone, and it and one of the songs that it said was on there it was. Smack my Smurf up. And That's amazing. To this day, I genuinely don't know if it was actually on no. there or not. I believe no. they were only joking. If they were only joking, you can, if you want, listen to the album. It's on YouTube. Uh, I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> and here's a little sample of why. Did it have um, the Scat Man? Except it's the Smurf. So it's like I'm the Scat I'm Smurf. The Smurf. Man, look, Smurf, Smurf. No, but it might as well have done. Those okay. were the sort of things that it had on it. There was the, the I'll tell you what it didn't have on it. It didn't have a parody of Wonderwall on it because it was supposed to have, and it was supposed to have, I think, three different Oasis parodies, and Oasis turned them down flat. All oh, right, as well they should have because, and they said we hated the Smurfs when we were kids. So that they is correct. Did not say. allow no. them to do it. Did they do? Uh... I, I'd thought of one and it's gone now. I'm just too disgusted by the idea of this album, to be honest. But, but were any of them funny at all or good? No, I think they did. Mm. They probably did like a version of Cotton Eye Joe, but it's Cotton Eye like... Smurf. That's what I was going to say. Of course, said Cotton Eye Smurf. If I hadn't yeah. been for Cotton Eye Smurf, I'd have yeah. been married to Smurfette. I'd been married long time, Murph. <laughs> Oh, I think they did it so so quiet. Smurf. Yeah, they did. They did it so yes, so that quiet. Rings a bell. But I it was am like a Smurf, Smurf. Noisy Smurf. Here comes it's noisy, noisy Smurf. Smurf. That was it. Yeah. Smurf, oh no, Smurf. or whatever. Yeah. Smurf, Smurf, Smurf. Smurf. Here's a Smurf. Smurf. <laughs> But by far the worst track on the entire album for so many reasons. I'm excited. Reason number one, it wasn't a parody. They came up with an original song. As far as I know, because I don't know much about football. That was reason ah. two. It's a football song. Oh, it's called Football Forever. And it goes, football forever. Football's a game. Football forever. And here's where they turn it around. Football's a game. Oh. <laughs> that was how that song went. Well, it's textually accurate, I suppose. It was te it was as accurate as a review zone description. <laughs> Brian Lara ninety six crickets a game. That's another game. <laughs> this is a list of games. Oh my Australian god! Move on. Rules Next rugby. diary entry, please. Uh, sorry. 
No, no, stick with the Smurfs thing. It's funny. I like Saturday it. the 29th, 11pm. <laughs> went to Andy's, my friend. He gave me the great Brill Amazing Smart fantasy module, which I will use in audio projects. Yes, I will, Diary. Here it comes now in this audio project. Nice tune on the Amiga. On the Amiga, he also gave me a pack of good quality A4 paper. Ooh, luxury! Five hundred sheets for ten p, because they'd got a pack of five thousand for ninety p. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I've done the sums on this, and I'm bad at doing sums, but I think I've worked out that I should have paid him. 3.6 pence and he overcharged me 10p. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> also today, this is weird. Listen to this. This is weird. This is the Even weird Even for bit, this right? diary, this is weird. <laughs> right. Also today, Mum received... <laughs> it's already funny. Mum received a new copy of the manual for the VCR. Did she? Why? Must have lost the old one. <laughs> yeah, but why? Why would you ever... Apply to receive a new copy of the manual for your VCR. Are you telling me if you, at that age, in 1996, had lost the instruction manual for your anything, Mm -hmm. and that the age you were and the love you had of technology that you and the opportunity existed for you to apply to Mm. have a replacement sent, that you wouldn't have done it? I think I wouldn't have done it. Reason being, I know how to use a You would have already learned the thing inside out by that point in time. Yeah, but then what about the day that comes when you need to do some obtuse feature of the VCR? What? What obtuse thing? Rewinding. Exactly! <laughs> what is there? No, here's, here's my point. What is there to know that my mum would be interested in knowing? Video Plus. Programming Video Plus. No one knows how to do that. Because here's the thing. I actually find something in this manual that I didn't know about and that excites me deeply. Oh, well, boy. there you go! Yeah, but... Maybe you demanded that she get it. Maybe. Maybe you were trying to read the manual and needed a second copy so you could read it at the same time. Maybe you were trying to read the manual and you got jam on it because you were a sticky child. <laughs> Maybe you were trying to rock out to the Smurfsco pop while reading the manual and got in such a frenzy that you accidentally you shredded the manual. Shredded the manual. I found so out. What did you how find to, in the manual? I found out in the manual how to do my own soundtrack to stuff. What I am doing is I'm getting an episode of Mighty Max. And I'm writing my own script, and me and my brother are doing amusing scripts that I can record onto it without damaging the video of Mighty Max. You just have to switch to mono, which is where you, on the mono track, you can record your own track. Oh, we had a whale of a time, I can tell you. Yeah, hang on. Wait, what? You're recording... What? I've got a microphone plugged... This is... You can see why I didn't know I could do this before. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got my microphone plugged into the video, plugged and I into can... the video machine. Yes. Into the video cassette recorder. Onto a video in which I have already recorded an episode of Mighty Max. Okay. Me and my brother... Reading from a script that I've written down, okay. are recording our own comedy oh, um, version yeah. of the script, of which can Max. then be played back. This is incredible. By switching the VCR to play the mono track, which is a whole separate track than the stereo track, and can be replaced without removing the stereo track. That sounds 
fishy to me. That sounds so mad. this is That's like a Team Four Star, hell. but in the nine. This is incredible. So this was like you doing a comedy dub of yes, Mighty Max. It's not like that. It is that Shitey Max. You could have called it that. Hey. <laughs> VHS didn't have multiple audio tracks. That was Turns an invention of DVD, which is what allowed us to have dubbed and subbed anime at the same time. I think it did have that, because I remember being able to switch between mono and stereo with a button. Well, yeah, but you didn't know they were different, that they weren't just yeah. the speakers mixing down. No, I didn't know that, but I believe you. That's why, you know when you play an old video, even then, like this happens sometimes even then, in the badly recorded bits, it might flutter to mono and then back to stereo mm, yes. again. And that's... That's that's why, because it's like, well, the stereo track, which presumably was more sensitive, is damaged, but we've got the mono track to fall back on, which is robust. They're so much better than Blu-rays, it's not even funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Bring back the strong recording medium of magnetic tape. This beats the Smurfs go pop into a cocked Smurf hat. <laughs> Sunday, the 30th of June, 1996. The final entry. Well... Today marks the final day for many things. This diary, for instance. This book has taken me through the best time of my life. The ninth year. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm yeah, looking back on it. I think. You know what? I was gonna I was gonna say it, but I was waiting to see if you would say it first. You probably still think it was the best time of your life. Yeah. Like, I've had some good times since then, don't get me you wrong. You could not Pay me to go back to 1996. Hi. Oh, I'd pay. Just because smarties were blue and pencils were slightly or crazy, I would not even for a second want to relive what my life in 1996. Jesus. Are you sure? School! It would mean... Exams, is it? Re-experiencing the drop of the Smurfscope pop. And that. Uh, so, the book has taken me through the best time of my life. It has seen my hatred grow for... And then I just list people I hate. Oh, wow. <laughs> my enemies list by David Bulmer. It has watched my relationships towards people whoa, whoa, change. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've skipped the list. Two of them are... And... Two boys who did not deserve it at all. There was nothing wrong with them at all. I've just fallen out with them for no reason. I just got stroppy. Top of the list, Snotling. Snotling. That Snotling. was the name we gave for the girl who I think I mentioned to you, Chris, who would get us by doing an Amy Rose act. She And her name was Amy. She would basically pretend to be in love with you. And she would properly Amy Rose around. She would follow you around going, he's my boyfriend to everyone. And turning around and like smiling at you wistfully all through assembly. Just to embarrass you in front of your mates. She was a genius. <laughs> she knew exactly how to annoy boys our age. Just needed to motivate you so that you could be seen as the hero for the good of the people of the school, you know? <laughs> yeah, didn't work. <laughs> it has watched my relationships towards people change. I now consider my best friends to be, and then a list of best friends who were already my best friends. So I don't know why. I like that you started with the enemies. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> it didn't start with the friends. That is the end of that book in the diary. And so I present to you the new diary. Ooh. Ooh. Diary 96 2. It's not even in a sonic. Look at the um, condition that's in. Lovely condition. It starts with a cast, an illustrated yeah, cast list. Oh my goodness. Hold it in closer. Here's me and my family. 
Yeah. Oh, you've you've made yourself look maniacal. I love it. And there's my brother. So tiny. So mm. tiny because he was little. And yeah. it's described here. He's 11 years old. The description of him is either really smate or a complete smidge. No in between. <laughs> smidge and smidge. I don't remember I using it. the word smidge. But I like it. I love it. Those are the two ends of a spectrum. Smate yeah. and smidge. Oh my god, that's how we're going to have to start rating things on this <laughs> podcast. There's <laughs> like know? raves and graves. I think this tail strip was a bit smidge, but you guys think it to be a bit smart. And I can confirm that uh, my brother has emerged as completely smate, and I'm sure was never a smidge, and that was just when I got in a mood randomly. Of course. For no reason. So... Here we are in the, the new book. And look, it's got a title page, Summer 96. A double page Ooh, a spread place. of me Finally, on the beach there. I've got my cool lemonade or whatever drink that is. I've made myself a little sand castle. There's the sun beating down look. So here we are then, July 1996. The summer holiday is finally here. Tuesday the 2nd of July. So today we went into town. Andy bought a Buster. Brackets, yay! Yeah! <laughs> we both together bought A4 pads. I-, I was obsessed with A4 paper back in those days. Who wasn't? No, I tell you what, I always wanted to have a... You know, that was one of mm. the... Th- when we would go away on holiday, that would be one of the things my mum would always make sure she had were little notepads. Oh, brilliant. So that we could write or draw or do a little bit of... Usually to be wheeled out when we went out for dinner and as children did not have the patience for the 15 or 20 minutes mm. that it would take for the food to appear. Yep. That was usually when the notepads would come out so we could be set to work. And pens, obviously, as well. That that was the mm. one thing that always had to be mm. acquired before holidays. I can't remember what my mum did for that because I didn't know her motivations. You know, I was just given something and got on with it. I always had a little notebook to draw in, but I got them. You know what I mean? I would get them from a gift shop somewhere on the mm. first day or whatever, mm. you know? I would have to have a notepad so I could sit in front of teletext and copy all the funniest jokes and digitise it. I used to copy the comics. I've found some copies of, like, The Haunting Times. Did you ever see that? No, I'd stick with Bamboozle and Digitizer, I think. I sometimes went over to Magazine to see what WLW had to say that week. I don't think that I had teletext at home. That's why the novelty was there. Wow. You had a pre-teletext telly? An old television, yeah. Oh, wow. I broke it because I put a magnet on it. Uh, no one told me you couldn't do that uh, The movie Tron was on Gotta put a magnet on that I was watching it and I was like It's really weird how this movie is all like green and weird and distorted That's a really clever effect <laughs> to have Because it's meant to be inside of a computer And then I was like oh that's weird Grandstand is like that yeah. as well I'm pretty sure that, that isn't set inside of a computer And that's how I got in big trouble for breaking oh, no. the telly. They said, you know why you've done this, Stuart? It's because you had too much fun with that STC. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it got out of control. So we, bought, we both bought A4 pads, and I found out, smugly, that's what it says, smugly. Is that the midpoint between smidge and Brilliant. smart? Smugly. Uh, <laughs> I found out, smugly, that a pack of 500 sheets of A4 plane, remem- remember, I got exactly the same mm. from Andy for 10p, cost £3.99, from a stationery discount shop. Slimy. <laughs> Mug. Well, I can't wait to see Mike and Jim over the holes. Ah, oh, what a great word. Holes. And holiday. And summer holiday. And summer holes. And, and summer. They're all great words. And I'm determined to make this holiday better than the last. Because that was amazing. That was the one where you went to the news agents twice. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> Shut the front door. <laughs> Did you say you went to the news agents once? Twice. What? 
Oh. <laughs> he also had yeah. an ice cream that day. It oh. was a very good day. <laughs> Wednesday the 3rd of July. This morning nothing happened. That's what you want of a summer holiday, honestly. You want to wake up and for nothing to happen. <laughs> God, what I wouldn't give to wake up today <laughs> and just for nothing to happen for a little bit for an hour or two. <laughs> This afternoon, though, we went to the Museum of Childhood at somewhere, and there's actually an illustration of me trying to remember where. Here it is. Oh, God. It's gonna, I can imagine. Yep, that's exactly what was in my mind's eye. Yeah, that is, um... Can I, can I just say this? You were, like, what, 14? I'm 14 at this point. Very good cartoonist, very mm, good... Yeah, yeah like, no, I was. I, 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 I was old, actually uh, quite a good cartoonist. Fundamental, so... Yeah. That wasn't meant to be condescending. I genuinely meant that. No, I was. I was quite a good so. cartoonist. It's yeah, it's annoying strong. that I didn't really pursue that very yeah. hard. Uh, but I'm quite annoyed that you didn't. Books coming out this year. It was somewhere where they filmed Pride and Prejudice Hall. Most of it was boring. Batman was on. Watched through it and really enjoyed it. I've got it on video, but this is the first time I paid it any attention. And there's an illustration here of Batman that I've drawn. Hey. Now, two things about this. Number one, oh, here we go. you can see that it's actually me dressed as Batman. <laughs> you can tell by the big glasses. Poo. That says poo. Yes, number two is it says poo instead of having the bat symbol. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why that is. Because it's hilarious, that's why. I don't know and I do not care because that it's is hilarious. the peak of f***ing comedy Just is what that is. <laughs> Compo! Cool Patch Combo! Ever thought of jazzing up an old jacket or even shock horror customizing an ancient anorak? Mm. Oh, the bad word! <laughs> well, you could be in luck thanks to those generous humes at Sega. STC has 80 hip and happening Sonic mm. 2 jacket patches up for grabs. Is that hip and happening in 1986? Uh, are they hip and happening? Uh, Maybe know. they were hip and happening four oh, years ago. Years ago yeah. I was impressed there were 80 of them. Because I yes. genuinely thought this was going to be like whenever they give away one t-shirt because yeah. they got one promotional t-shirt yeah. sent. Like somebody in the offices at Fleetway found a patch or two at the bottom of a drawer. Mm. But no, Sega mm. has found in a warehouse or something. Yeah. A remainder stock of 80. Remainder stock yeah. of badges, yeah. And Faded, dusty yeah. Sonic 2 patches. Yeah. Um, could you please hold it up so I can see oh, the yeah. patch? Because I have not seen it. I would like to see the patch. Oh, see now, that's actually a really nice patch. Yes, it is. It's a lovely patch. Have that. It? It's of Sonic 2. The problem is it's no longer hip and happening in 1996. Yeah. It came out when I was at primary school, mm. and now I'm leaving high school, you know? Exactly, that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. If you were to wear that, you would quite rightly be pilloried. Mm. You would be treated as a pariah. Unless you wore it now, when you'd be coolest dude on the block. Oh, mm. God, yeah. Oh, if you wear it now, then, yeah, good. that's just... Everything comes back into style eventually. Th yeah. That's easy street. Yeah. But, like, what if they had patch of the Sonic and Knuckles logo instead? How much better that, would that be? Exactly. Mm. Well, maybe, maybe in four years. They'll find that <laughs> down the back of the sofa. <laughs> if you'd like to win one, simply complete the saying below. You can't afford not to enter. It's so... S-E-W, so easy. A stitch in time saves what? What? A stitch in time saves blank. And then you got to write that answer clearly on either a postcard or a sealed down empty envelope. Oh, wait, what? so easy. Like, <laughs> so easy. Okay. And you got to send it to Cool Patch Compo, Sonic the Comic, 25 to 31, Tavistock Place, London, WCIH 9SU. And the first 80 selected at random from Megadroid's sewing box. Put it on the spreadsheet! We'll receive a Sonic 2 jacket patch. 
no later than Friday the 17th of July. That's quite soon for, for them. Normally they mm. give you a while, don't they? Three weeks, yeah, three weeks away, yeah. Well, the patches are falling to pieces. If one more bit of sunlight gets on them, they'll just crumble. Sonic's World Revolution Part 3 Written by Lou Stringer, art by Nigel Kitching, colours by John M. Burns, and letters by Tom Frame. Oh, we are getting spoiled with the kitchen. This is yeah. While Sonic and Shortfuse take on the badnikified Amy and Johnny and manage to free Johnny from his robot shell, Brutus hunts down Robotnik and finds the Doctor waiting for him in a suit of powered battle armor, ready to go one on one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. dude. Yes. yes. Oh Alright, so this is well drawn. Of course, it's Nigel Kitchen. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Look at it. It's looking got... lovely. They're all round and small. Oh, especially. He draws the best short fuse. Yeah, especially short fuse getting chucked out that window at the bottom of page two. Look at how little it's he is. It's hilarious. Isn't he lovely? Oh, look at the short fuse pulling himself out of the hole Brutus punched him into last episode. And this is yet another example of more loose stringer lore weaving in there. Getting all the little loose stringer tendrils getting wrapped up in yep. the uh, STC, making his own story. He's seen what Elson and Kitchen were doing, and he thought, I'm on some of that pie. I'm tired of writing strips where at the end someone says, uh, let's tree out of here, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have written for STC. Sure, if he was pulling himself out of the hole, I won't let you rule this planet, even if you are stronger than me. There's no if about it, Cybernick. No one is stronger than Commander Brutus. Punt. And then we just see Short Fuse flying out the hole in the wall. You don't even see the punch. Mm, just, I like to think he's backhanded him. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Look at the mirror of the top panel with the bottom panel as well. Boom. Both oh, directions. my God, Boom. you're right. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, because oh. in the top one, Sonic is flying in the opposite direction and smashing through a sign. Is there anyone in this strip who doesn't get twisted somewhere? That's Amazing. how you know it's a good strip. The baddies are what it's all about in this strip. Like, the heroes mm-hmm. are just getting beaten. Yeah. The, this is... This, this is a story about how the heroes get caught up in a conflict between Brutus and Robotnik yeah. and just get battered about the place. It's, it's great. well good. <laughs> it is well, well good. And yeah, Johnny and Amy have been Robotnik, badnikified. We're trying not to say the word. <laughs> Ex- you, you could tell, couldn't you? Badnikified. I refuse to write it down. I refuse to put down the word you're oh, thinking what, of. Oh, you mean the, the horrible word from the thing? The Ooh. R word. The, the ABC yes. word. Oh, yeah. oh, no, no. The R slur. Disgusting. <laughs> they got this one running gag with Johnny where all he says is die. He says die outlaw on the first page, then it's die Sonic. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, that's great. You know, great. your conversation's a bit limited since you became a badnik, and then Short Fuse comes in and he's like, and then Short Fuse loses the rag because you forget that's why Short Fuse is called yeah. Short Fuse because he's got a short temper which is really something he's got a, he's got a handle on since he became mm. a cybernetic but Johnny just shoots him like one too many times and he's like that's f***ing it mate <laughs> and he just blows the armour off him like that yeah because what he was going to do was just shoot that Johnny robot dead but luckily as luck would have it it's a dead centre shot thank yeah. god he didn't because if Johnny had died that would be awful Imagine, oh, no, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> but as luck would have it, it just made all of the robot fall off him, and now he's fine. And I was right last issue as well. Those barrels on Amy's forearms yeah. are arrow shooters. That's so cool. Uh, well, they look like they're more like darts, but yeah. And what a great shot of her letting the volley off. There's something. It's really just good. something just really cool about the drawing. It's it's yeah. Nigel Kitchen. Whenever he draws anything, it's 
one way of describing it is quite simple when you first look at it. Oh, that's a fairly simple drawing. Another way to describe it yeah. is like every line is the best one it could have possibly been. Mm-hmm. 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 There are three things that are very small that I like that I want to nominate. First of all, I really like the Dr. Robotnik is watching you sign in the first page because it just seems quite random that it's there. I thought that too when I saw it. But now you know but why. Then, because you, it gets, then you, yeah. you turn the page and you realise it's what Sonic is being thrown through, which is why yeah. you put it in the panel. The second thing that I love is on page three, the sound effect, wee dash. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's, that's good. That's very good. That's the sound of short fuse falling out of the sky. Wee! <laughs> the final great thing is on the last page, Robotnik's inordinately detailed hand. That's oh, my favorite. I hate it so Weird. much. Oh, yeah. I love Look it, but I hate hand. it. It's a very human hand covered in hand. the little nobbles and hatches. Well, yes, it's because he has to take the glove off to use the hand scanner to open up That's the... it. Robotnik's normally yeah. got gloves on. I couldn't figure he's out where he was. Where's gloves, yeah. But that page where he's walking towards this room with the war armor in it. Look, all the cool machinery and pipes and, yeah. and rad stuff going on. Nigel there. just it's knows just... how to fill up a background with shapes, pipes and stuff. But it's great. All those pipes and everything really give you the sense that we are deep, deep beneath Citadel mm, Yeah, yeah here, in yeah. the Robotnik's yeah. bowels. Yeah. And there's a little Grimer there as well. Nice little appearance yeah. from Grimer. Just tie it all together. And what it's Boom. all leading up to is the best thing it could be leading up to, which is the Robotnik yeah, Br- goes... Yeah. Brutus has busted out the infrared eyes. That Remember we saw him track Sonic yeah. with those before, oh, like in the original story. Yeah, yeah. Remember he, he followed them using his infrared vision. You can't hide from me, Robotnik, you old has-been. And a That's big so funny. purple fist comes out and hits him. Because Robotnik is now dressed in battle armor. He's in a robot suit. He's it's a Doctor Doom. He's Lex Doctor Luthor's Doom. purple and green battle armor, you know. Enough of your insults, you second-rate upstart! It's time I taught you who's the boss around here! Anytime you're ready, Robotnik! Next issue, Scrap Metal! <laughs> hey! Ooh! This kicks so Scrap metal because they're metal and at, they're gonna fight. Scrap. Look at scrap Brutus's metal. billowing cloak as I well know. in the last panel. Wow, well, good is oh, that? Oh, that's the spawniest that cape has ever looked. Mm. Yeah, but you say that every time the cape appears in the comic. <laughs> no, but every time it looks. Yeah, it's true. It becomes exponentially spawniest. <laughs> yeah, it's progressively. I looked at spawn yesterday. Did you know that it's the worst? Yes. Sorry, that's all. Now, go on. No, it's just that's it's correct. Appalling. It bears mentioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I find uh, Brutus calling Robotnik an old has been quite funny as well. Mm. I feel like there's some kind of egg joke that, that could have been made there, but mm. I don't know what it is. You're a big stag, Robotnik. <laughs> a big stag. So it's coming down to Punch's next issue. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That's not what the, an like, issue. The story knows. Like, Robotnik flies around in machines that have big punching arms attached to them yeah. on the reg. He's fought Sonic in a big mech that he piloted from a cockpit before it's happened in the games. He did it at the end of the mm-hmm. Sonic and Knuckles storyline. You remember he fought him on the floating island? No. Mm-hmm. This story knows that that it is different that he's just put on a people-sized armor and he's going to go proper yeah. nooks with yeah. with Brutus. You know, yeah. it's going to go dukes up, mano a mano. It's, yeah, the experimental war armor. It's as if Robotnik hasn't piloted a robot into anything before. No, this is different. This is special. <laughs> this is going to be good. The only thing that could make this cooler is if Robotnik just took off his shirt <laughs> like, and threw him that way. Yeah, that would actually be amazing. <laughs> Threw it away and he's got a full back tat. 
big tattoo of himself on his chest. I kept pitching that for Sonic the Comic Online. I kept not the shirt thing, but I just kept pitching. We should have it where Robotnik just gets hold of Sonic and just beats the absolute piss out of him, <laughs> like with his bare hands. And he I'm could like, because he he's hard as he's not. He's, oh. It's all muscle, man. He should do some wrestling moves. I don't Sonic. think that's necessarily true, but <laughs> as drawn by Richard Elson in particular, mm. Um, mm. you know, I happened to watch a, a, a video on YouTube yesterday just talking about the mm. unusual pervasiveness of the adventures design in Europe and in the UK mm. for all the little figures mm. and, and, and well, I haven't watched that yet everything. but I, was, I put it on my list to watch it was a solid video no, but I sort of found myself disagreeing with the central idea that such a goofy cartoonish design and not scary and not fearsome design was, but my position was always that Richard Elson made this design fearsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way he drew it, it made Robotnik look like he was built like a brick house. Mm. Huge, towering, broad. Like, he really could have snapped Sonic's neck if he got his hands on him. I just, I want to see Robotnik punch Sonic in the face. With his bit. That's all I want to see. And I can imagine this design as drawn by Richard Elson putting him through a f- wall. I really can, you know? That's so he's just say, if you keep smashing my bad nicks, Sonic, I'm going to put your head through the wall. Yeah. And then he does, the end. I recite Looney Tunes music. The Sonic's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this is uh, concluding next issue, so that's Running Wild and this conclude next what issue. A re- what a stacked issue. I know. Absolute embarrassment of riches. i got to say it again, three parts in. I still really believe this should have mm. got pride of place as the Sonic strip before they did Running Wild because it's, it's such so... a culmination of a trilogy of stories. It, yeah, but while that's true, it also really keeps you... Like, this has got to be, like, absolute peak, like, golden era of this comic, surely. Yeah. Have I missed Return of Chaotix? Yeah. The Brotherhood of Metallics? Yes, that was a little while back. Okay, well, that was also peak. But this is just a, a sustained excellence from now until 100, basically, That's isn't the thing. It? It's been peak for yeah. a long time. It remains peak yeah. now. It's yeah. a good comic. It's a, it's it is, isn't we it? We were right it to like this. It, it, some of the comics good, isn't it, guys? It's good, but it is though. Yeah, it is though, it isn't, is it? isn't it? That's good. the thing. It genuinely it's really, is yeah, a really good. good. Snapped up, dear STC, it has come to my attention that you are giving away cameras to certain readers. I would like to offer my services as a first-class camera checker, in case you're wondering <laughs> about Boomer satisfaction. What do you think? From Ms. Wood of Holm, Orkney Isles, Mega Drive owner and soon to be. Sonic and Knuckles camera winner. The cheek of her. Yeah, well, that's great. you got to reward great, that though, kind yeah. of yeah. Um, chutzpah. What do you think a verdict would be? Because I'm guessing they're not very good cameras. Yeah, just, hmm, these are shit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, I could have got this for a pound from any newsagent. <laughs> Cheers. 27 full-colour Fuji exposers for a pound from a newsagent's not bloody likely, mate. Two pounds. I don't know, I just thought I'd sound indignant for some reason there. <laughs> the Megadroid replies, Your timing is perfect, Ms. Wood, as the Speedlines prize is scheduled to change after STC82. Oh. See next issue for details. Oh. Is it the hog tags? Is it the hog it's tags? It's got to be the hog tags, right? Don't spoil that. But we've had the Tommy Water game. Yes. Oh, yes. We've had the mug, presumably. Mug? No. 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 Oh, sh- oh, what mug? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the hog tags. I think it could be the hog tags. I think you're right. I want it to be because I love them and I want some, but eBay doesn't have them because everybody is sensible. <laughs> well, you get to look at a picture of them every two weeks and that'll do. What What are hog tags? If they're just but with the Sonic and Knuckles logo stamped onto them. Oh, well, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes, yeah, it was the coolest thing that anyone's <laughs> ever done, yes. Dear Megadroid, why have you stopped printing the Master System charts? 
Back in STC 77, Jamie McTulloch asked if you could include the Saturn charts, but since then the MS has been dropped. It's obvious to me that he meant for you to squash the four existing Sega charts up in order to fit five systems in. Mark, T.O., Greenwich, London, Master System owner, Sonic Knuckles camera winner. Nagadroy says, Unfortunately, Mark, sources at Sega have confirmed that Master System games and machines are no longer being made. <laughs> High-powered competition from the Mega Drive and the Saturn systems means that the 8-bit machine has finally bitten the dust. Uh the Master System, is that what you've got? <laughs> it's not his fault. Oh. I, uh, I feel you're putting a tone on his words that's not intended. <laughs> well, I, I had a Master System, and I didn't get anything else till the PS2 came out, so I relate to this. Um, well, yeah, you've yeah. got a horse in this. Right? And I, I actually checked, checking this. It there, I checked it this. Yeah, it was the last. They, they weren't making it. 96 was the last year, yeah. Wait a minute, though. If you were Brazilian, they were still making them. Yes, Didn't I do think of that. There, that, did you, yeah. Mega Drive? <laughs> well, Brazil were like that, weren't they? I, I seem to remember Mega Drives were still being made in Brazil mm -hmm. as recently as last time I found out if they were. Mm. If you'd like to read all about that, then Sega Powered Magazine Issue 3 has a feature on it by someone who is fat on bald, and it's me! Ah, <laughs> Dr. Robotnik! Oh, okay. <laughs> I wish I was as cool as Dr. Robotnik. All the baldness, all the fatness, none of the skill. <laughs> <laughs> Last letter on here is titled Duke's Rules, dear STC. Duke Palmer from Exeter writes a letter that says, I am angry that a certain hyped-up echidna, namely mm. Knuckles, has taken over your comic. I demand to see more of Sonic, Tales and Chaotix, and a less of a Knuckles. Oh, oh, he wants Chaotix. What is wrong with this kid? Try being calmer, Duke, Megadroid says. <laughs> STC has ensured that at least for this issue, all your wishes have come true. The bad news for you, however, is that Knuckles returns in issue 82. Oh yeah, Knuckles. Boom! Hot damn. I think that try being calmer has to be the single most enraging thing anyone could say. <laughs> yeah. Try being calmer, because it's not like, calm down or whatever. There's no aggression. It's like, try being calmer. It's calmer. amazingly sarcastic. You prick. Why don't you try being calmer? Your face is concave as soon as you say that to anyone. Mm. Well, someone recently said to me, I'm sorry that you made yourself angry. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, oh my god, who? Name and shame. I wasn't actually angry at the time, but I was after they said that. No, yeah. of course! Art on the uh, letters page this week. We've got one from Michael Lawson from Springwell in Sunderland. It's uh, mm. Sonic and Tails going to the cinema yeah. and looking a pair of mucky boys in the process, I, I must mean, say. They have, What's happened to Sonic's arm? Jesus Christ. They have failed to consume the food that they're trying to eat at the cinema. Yeah, they're covered in it. It's smothering their faces. So Sonic is stood there at the front of the panel looking furious because for some reason they've coloured his eyebrow ridge in dark blue yeah. compared to the rest of him. I wonder if that was where they started colouring them. I went, oh no, that's too much. I want a lighter blue than this. I don't know. But he's carrying a fizzy drink and his, it, one of his arms has gone bright red. Like Blood he's, everywhere. Yeah, yeah like he's splayed it. And he's got a cone of many types of ice cream, which looks rather nice. Loads of types of ice cream. And he's got ice cream smeared all around his face and mouth. Right and all his over drink him. is dripping. And Tails yeah. is over Disgusting on the right. He's a big paper idiot. cone of popcorn, and he's got popcorn, popcorn which is all, all over, over the floor. floor. Mucky bastard! Is this in continuity? Is this in canon? Yeah. No, I thought it was in another language because th it says like Polis Entre, but I think it's meant to be like Metropolis Center. Metropolis Center. There's a wanted yeah. poster for Doctor Robotnik, and some of the features playing in the cinema are Sonic the comic, apparently. And uh, Tails, Fox on the Run. 
Sonic the comic, the the poster for Sonic the comic. It has the logo, Sonic the comic, and then what? Just a banana? I don't, <laughs> I the, don't know. There's the picture. It's supersonic, and he's going fast. Yeah, he's he's it's supersonic, and he's gone into a chrysalis. Mm. I really can't make out what it says on the one on the left hand side of the doors. It looks like it says Smory or something, which perhaps yeah. is another one of the midpoints somewhere on the spectrum of smart to smidge. But I don't know. I have to say, I rate the uh, the detail that you can see through the window into the interior I know. of the screen. It's very good detail. It's amazing. You can see so the doors mm. to the cinema have got two circular windows in them. Mm. You can properly see seats and a screen. The screen. Incredible work. Then the other picture is one by Sarah Adamson from Bells Hill in Scotland and it's a very nice one of mm. Amy as a cheerleader. Yep. This is a slightly older Hume, I think, just based on the quality yes. of the drawing. Yeah, it's a good drawing. Well done. Yeah, she's got all of her pencils out and is doing some quite subtle shading and colouring in it. Yeah. Look at those pom-poms. Strong work. And they haven't stretched or squashed it in any way. They recognise the quality of the drawing. Yep. The only thing I object to is that she's put little calf muscles on, <laughs> on yeah. the leg of Amy there, which... I suppose it, it mm. probably means that there's been a cheerleader referenced here. but uh. In 1996, it didn't mean much, but in 2022, it makes us think of a certain movie trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Little Sonic characters with their horrible muscle delineations. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's good. That's a good drawing. Well done, Sarah Adams and the Bells Hill Scotland. I think that's the end of another issue. Next issue, I did a double take on this one, I'll tell you. Next issue, we can win some... Imagine... The, I can't. The most inconceivable, the highest form technology could yet take. Yeah. The Casio Pocket Television. Incredible. Imagine you're on the bus. Oh my god. Television yeah. you could take with you. You're on the bus or something and you're like looking at your little pocket telly and you're like... Watching the television. You've got your backwards cap and your shades yeah. and you're just like legs crossed yeah. like yeah whatever. And someone comes over and they're yeah, like... I'm just watching the telly. What was Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like... Oh, nothing. I'm just watching my pocket telly. It's not a big deal. Just watching the telly. You're on the bus home. Mm. You've got Countdown on. The kids are going, whoa. <laughs> the numbers round comes on and you turn it away from them and you're like, oh, this one's for me. <laughs> How does one square the idea of the pocket television with the TV license? That's what makes it even cooler, that you're technically a criminal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the, what's the issue, really? Because like, I, I still don't know how the TV license tells. I've just got one. Because I'm supposed to have Yeah, one. but you've got one for your address. Ha what's the problem with having a portable? Does that not count as a TV? You know, you're watching that TV on the bus and on the street. Oh, so you think the bus has to apply for a television license? <laughs> and if the cops come after you, you can just drive faster. And you can just yeah. be like, yeah, see your blood. Well, that's what and you then, can do when the cops come for you anyway. Or if someone comes over, you can just quickly detune it and go, oh, no, this is just a static thing. It helps me sleep. And the thing is, they can send you to prison. Who cares? You've got the TV. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Watch telly in prison. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, they come in and you're just like, oh, you're going to shank me. No, not today, actually. I'm just watching GMTV. Yeah. Someone does shank you, and they shank you through the heart, and it just goes clank, and you're like, oh, I had my TV in my pocket. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Still works as well. Still works. It's that hard. Let's stop, because we're using up a lot of the material we could use in the compo next issue. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah there's a compo for yeah. this. Okay, okay. Talk about, it. We'll talk about pocket TVs next time. Also next issue, Supersonic Frenzied Fury Finale. Do you think that was written before they renamed the strip uh, four weeks ago somehow? Yeah, I mean, it, well, I mean, do you remember whenever they trailed part one, they called it the Fury... They called it the Fury. Yeah, there, there really no, no, has been a lot of No, no, that was in the letters page, actually. It, wasn't, it was in the letters page. Making well, right. But it was called the Fury somewhere else as well. They've definitely been calling it the Fury. What else is in next issue? Sonic's World. Brutus bites the dust. Ooh. 
It's a bit of a spoiler. It's a bit. Come, well, it's the end. But <laughs> it I'm, just dies. Well, I've been call- I've been calling it the Brutus trilogy for so long. Yeah, but with the power could... of hindsight, nobody was saying that back in the day. We didn't know he was going to die. Well, I guess. But I don't think you necessarily have to read that as Brutus dies so much as you can just read it as the story ends. You know, they're always using yeah, yeah. metaphors. Oh, like yeah, that, like the know? Brutus strip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, complete story, Tales, Changing Times. Hmm. Well, that's about. I remember this one. He's trying to get changed at the beach, and <laughs> so he keeps getting accidentally exposed. But there's a man sitting next to him, and he does this whole elaborate thing where he gets his pants out down his trousers. Yeah. And then yeah. the punchline is that the man's blind anyway and couldn't see him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. dear. And then the next sketch is where he's in church falling asleep on Richard Briers. No, it's just the one where it changes to you know summertime, and Tails just has to change the clocks in the. <laughs> <laughs> They got Moby um, and Summertime up there, do they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, new two-part story, Knuckles, Troubled Waters. Ooh. Sounds a bit Captain Plundery. Yeah, I bet I'm going right? to be disappointed. Waters, yeah. Mm. yeah. Plus, Review Zone. Review Zone World Cup Golf. Oh, World oh. Cup Golf? <laughs> God! It's one one after the other. Like, Jesus, you thought yeah. the World Cup would have been bad enough, but it's the World Cup of Golf. Christ. What's wrong? Golf is good, though. Golf games are fun. Oh, shut up. They are. What do you mean? Golf video games. They're the only fun video game sport. Don't you like Mario Golf? No, it's about golf. You don't like... Okay, right. Okay. All right. Fine. Okay. <laughs> golf Golf video games, I maintain, still fun because they're nothing like actual golf in any way. Mm-hmm. You just press buttons and, and the ball goes flying and then sometimes it goes in the hole. Awesome. Oh, God. Yeah. What do you mean awesome? It's great. It's fun. NES Open Tournament Golf 92 on your Switch right now uh-huh. if you have one. Go and play it right now. It's the Do best. Do they still make golf games? You know, we were saying they don't make cricket games anymore. Do yeah, they, they make, make Mario golf, golf games. games. That's not Mario a real golf, golf game. Do they make real golf, golf games game. anymore? Of course it's a golf game. PGA Golf. PGA Golf. Yeah, every Do they still make PGA Golf? Like, I don't know. Yeah, PG 13 Golf. I'm genuinely asking. No, they, I think they do make that, yeah. I, I just like the Mario Golf games, really. Old golf games are fun, but not new ones. Those are, you can't they're, trick they're all, me into playing no, new that ones golf are like, game by putting New Mario ones are like, look, here's a 3D render of a hill, and you have to guess no, exactly, what though. the What's angle the... is. But yeah, the old what... ones are just like, look, you, you press two buttons, and then you go boom, and then your friend has a go, and you go, ah, you did it wrong, you absolute asshole, you prick, you useless <laughs> asshole. Wank, piece of sh-. And then, like, that's the whole game. It's just you going, ah, you missed, what a prick. I would have gotten a birdie, though. I don't even know what that means uh no video golf good fun cricket sh- yes write off fifa write off absolute write off all of the sports <laughs> both in real life and in video games however golf is very fun what what are you talking you're about you're wrong you're wrong i'm gonna make a bo- i hit the ball the ball oh my god there. stop stop stc 82 on seal wednesday the 10th of july 96 <laughs> 1.20 podcast over golf podcast over when you're looking for more of these things without golf in them you'll be able to find them at our website at stctp.wigglehee.com but they are most places that good podcasts are available as well we guarantee no golf on our website also you can follow the podcast at our golfless twitter feed at sonic podcast or you can follow us separately i'm at demon tomato dave i am at chris mcfeeling who are you Stu, on twitter and also plug things that you're doing and who are you and where can they find you www.golf.com forward slash golf <laughs> uh no i'm Stuart jip aka at stupacabra uh i do um retronauts with uh jeremy parish and diamond fight and other people uh dave has been there sometimes that has been a 
disaster. <laughs> I also do, um, I also, what else do I do? God, I do so many things. I also write things for Nintendo Life and Push Square and all other sorts of things. Sega Power Magazine. But where can people find Sega Power Magazine? They can find Sega Powered Magazine on the internet by Googling it. I, I don't know All right, what the fair web enough. address is. Help that part. Uh, I have and, and you know what is in the newest issue is a review of PJ Tour Golf 94. That's not true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It might be true. Maybe it is. One day. We never, we never sooner know. Sooner or later. Also, I do a comic, MaryHellComic.com. Thanks. Yes, read Mary Hell. It's good. Oh, thanks, Dave. That's really kind of you, even though I don't believe that that's true. Okay, but it is. <laughs> you can support this show at our Patreon at patreon.com slash stctp where a donation of any amount will get you access to the bonus vault where we Whoa, do... any uh, amount. Of any amount. Even like one pound. Yeah, yeah. a pound coin? Wow, yes. that's Look. such a small amount of money. Uh, wow. Yeah. You get a bonus, access to the bonus vault for just one you pound. You get... Bloody hell. So, there are such things in the bonus vault. There's like Holy two years crap. now worth of video content. Dozens of videos in there. Of me and Chris. Point. There's yeah. hours and hours and hours. We go through the Martin Adams hours. novels. We go through my old fanfic from when I was 12 and then 15. Called The End of Mobius. Chris suffering through that. It's a sublime Ooh. to the ridiculous sort of spectrum but, of stuff um, we got going on in there. Dave, Chris, I'm sorry, but... It's that seems like quite a lot of stuff. Are you sure it's, it's just one pound? It's just it's whatever it's you want to single... pay. Blimey, he's got a point though. Really, you should give us more than that. Like we condescend <laughs> yeah. to allow you to see it if you give us That's one a pound a month. Of money. But if you give us quite a lot more pounds a month than that, you won't get anything different. But you will be morally superior, and you will <laughs> reign over your fellow man. It's just that a pound is like less than a bag of chips. I'm just saying it's not. I know it's rubbish. I know. Chip. No, honestly, we are. We're mm. cutting our own throats. We are. It rips the piss, honestly. If someone gave me a pound, <laughs> yeah. I would just like write them off. I would DM them individually and call them a cheapskate. Yeah, you'd go like, "Oh, cool! Now I can get a trolley." What <laughs> 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 you know I mean? But it's like how it's like how you know. God grants us free will. We we grant our patrons the ability to see our stuff for a pound, but that's not enough. They have it's seven o'clock at night. Our theme song was yeah, but that, by that was Sonic the Comic, the band who you can find at SonicComic.bandcamp.com. But we have been God Sonic the Comic, the podcast, will. and Stu's got one more thing he's got to say before we get out of here. What, Chip? What? Does God grant us free will? Discuss. <laughs> and we will see you <laughs> next, next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is my favourite exit line we've ever had. <laughs>